0: Beautiful. I was wondering if you were going to do it. Oh, if I was going
1: to do what?
0: What happened to you? Things have not been going well for me lately.
1: <laughs> First of all, all the activity in El Salvador has brought a lot of human rights organizations to country. I gotta a say, country. you're sounding
0: a little nerdier
1: than usual. <laughs> okay, let, me, let me try it again. No,
0: no, I'm liking this angle for him.
1: I just have been humbled by recent events. And you know, I've been thinking a lot, maybe the world isn't, just doesn't revolve around money. It revolves around coins. <laughs> the penny. Beautiful copper, bronze, like a Grecian woman on the island, Lesbos. The nickel. Shiny silver, like a robot from the future. A gay butler. C3PO. The dime. Skinny, Small. Like Emily Ratajowski and the quarter, representing the whale, the big holder. If you come to my home, you will find more quarters than the—what?
0: What about the Sacagawea dollar?
1: Sacagawea? I haven't gotten to a
0: dollar yet.
1: Sacagawea. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Beautiful. Remember how many you would get
1: at the bar? Are you free? Oh, I love getting the Sacagawea dollar oh my at the part. Are get, you kidding me?
0: Yeah, it's, like, so annoying. You oh. get, like— Ten of those. I know. I love. I love. <laughs> Never put a twenty in a Bart dispenser in two thousand seven. Is thing
1: y'all don't know about me? I don't carry a wallet. I don't carry a bag. I don't carry a little little zip up thing, whatever. I carry a large brown sack <laughs> tied with a string. <laughs> Uh, onto the side of my pants that is just filled with coins.
0: Yeah, you have it has a dollar sign on the side it's of it. A dollar
1: sign, <laughs> and I go in. and I'm like, ah, I want to die. Doctor Pepper, and I go into the store and I go, Egh. and I just like stick my fucking scary movie two ass claw hand in there, and I pull one of those motherfuckers out, and I I've got a giant thumb. That's something a lot of people don't know about me. I have a thumb the size of a of a honestly of a foot, and I just flick that motherfucker right into the The away, yeah. Give me that diet, Dr. Pepper. I love you. No, I was doing a personality mail with CoinDexter. Oh there. my god! I
0: love that, that he like it, it was sounding like he was very sad. He and <laughs> yeah, he was definitely sounding more like a an AI guy than you know. Yeah, he was still doubling down on.
1: That's AI CoinDexter,
0: the crypto industry.
1: Hey, Liz.
0: Hey, what's Brace. your name? Oh, me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm baby, Liz. That's you, I'm Brace. We are, of course, joined by our producer Young Chomsky. And this and is.
1: Me. This is on Hello, everyone. Hello. We are busting into the blockchain. Busting makes me feel good. Like we're Ocean's 11. It's been a minute. It's been one of the longest minutes of all, Liz. Uh, it's been since whenever we did our last crypto episode.
0: Yeah, I think it's been a while.
1: Uh huh. Actually, I literally don't know how long
0: it's now, been. Now, we are recording this on Friday, and on Ketamine.
1: <laughs> I'll say it. We're on ketamine right now.
0: <laughs> no, Friday. And b- 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 breaking news uh-huh. hit just hours before we set up recording, which really was hours ago. This is kind of a long episode. This is us. a
1: long motherfucker. You can tell by the numbers at the bottom. Yeah.
0: Um, but it's a fun one. Uh, and Silicon Valley Bank kaput. Uh-huh. Over. Done. Bye-bye. Annihilated. Uh, the, the regu- California regulators took it over.
1: Mm-hmm. They're like, there needs to be a little more sage in here. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, and so, yeah, we talked a little bit about that uh-huh. because it just happened. We got to, we got to address the breaking we talk- news. We have so
1: many motherfuckers in this episode. This is, we talk. we have a crazy cast of characters in this motherfucker. Crazy
0: cast of characters in this crypto Episode. I was trying to do like a crap episode.
1: You just called a crap
0: episode. <laughs> it's a crap episode.
1: Liz, Liz is calling the shit crap episodes. Crapisode. Listen, we've got a I was trying fucking, to do like a Kardashian kind of. thing. We got a a real journalist. It's so crazy. They named
0: she named all her kids K.
1: That's just racist. I'm just saying. Not a view of her. It's crazy. That's crazy. Yeah. What if I named all my kids B? I don't like when people. Balthazar do- <laughs> Belden.
0: I don't like when. <laughs> do like weird shit. Naming like, conventions? They think of their family as like a brood. That's
1: so weird. I'm That's like, a red flag. You're on your own. You come out, you you are you are yanked out like a fucking alien from Aliens yeah. from my beautiful, one of my beautiful sister wives. You're on your own. You got to scurry throughout the Nostromo.
0: Just get a normal name.
1: <laughs> yeah. Name them normal. Eric. How about that one? <laughs>
0: That's a real normal How name. How about
1: that one? Uh, Botswana. Fucking Samantha. Those are Brace. <laughs> These are names. Dude, Botswana Belden would go uh, crazy Botswana Balthazar. Botswana Balthazar <laughs> Belden would fucking go Trip psycho baby. as a name. Yeah, is that a boy or a girl? It doesn't matter. <laughs> Just name it's your baby them, Brace. First of all. But name your baby Big Baller Brand. Big Baller Brand Belden? Yeah.
0: Big what Baller about, Brand Belden. What about Brandon <laughs> what Belden? What happened to Big Baller Brand? Who the fuck is Big Baller brand? Are you brand? kidding me? Are you kidding me? I'm, is that like Echo? Big Baller brand? No. Is that a oh guy or a brand? God. Dude, I wear you know my clothing tastes. Oh my god. It's Lonzo
1: Balls dad's brand. Lonzo Balls? <laughs> Do you know about this? Okay. Are you L- kidding you're me? You're fucking telling me there's a guy named Lonzo Balls, Liz. <laughs> Are
0: you No, Balls, singular?
1: Ball? Are you joking? He's only kids? got one? And LaMelo. LaMelo Ball. That's Are they... What is this? What, what The Ball b- Brothers. You're fucking with I'm me. Not. You're fucking with me. Are you kidding? I'm not. I'm genuinely not kidding.
0: Wait, you don't know. Lonzo
1: and... What's the other one? LaMelo. LaMelo
0: Ball? I'm sorry. And LiAngelo.
1: LiAngelo Ball. That that's one's more normal. And the dad's LaVar. Oh. Ball? Yes. What do they do? What's their job? They ball. They ball? They play basketball? Yeah. They're brothers? And Big Baller brand. I feel like you're gaslighting me right now.
0: Now, let's get to the We need a
1: sponsorship. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. (sighs) Let me drink water in the microphone really loud. Ah. Ah. Boy, I just did a run on the bank, and boy, are my legs tired.
0: That's bad.
1: Welcome, welcome, welcome to the runner's corner, uh, <laughs> Jacob Silverman. Now, listen, for those of you who don't know, Jacob's been on the podcast before, freelance journalist, host of... The pornographically titled podcast, The Naked Emperor, a four episode podcast about SBF and FTX on CBC. Uh, and unfortunately, the subject of a scandal known as Silver Gate, named after <laughs> the man himself. Jacob. Welcome to the show. How are you doing?
2: I'm here to answer all crimes and accusations addressed <laughs> towards me. Thanks for having me.
0: Thanks for coming. It's uh, so funny because we had scheduled this in advance. Uh-huh. And we were like, oh, this is going to be great. You have a new series. We haven't checked in on what's going on with the case against Sam Bankman-Fried. There's all this new stuff coming about FTX. There's just so much to wade in, into that mess and talk about and you have this new series coming out perfect and then lo and behold the night before our recording one of the largest banks in silicon valley literally silicon valley bank has now gone under <laughs> completely collapsed taken yeah. over by california regulator- yeah. regulators like just a couple hours ago
2: yeah the 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 mood on on uh vc twitter is <laughs> is sad and dim <laughs>
1: yeah those guy I gotta tell you mm. I, I still don't listen, I know I'm not like the Mr. Money guy, right? I think I'm, you're mr. money I'm yeah, thank you, but it's uh, I'm more into crypto stuff, yeah, <laughs> just in terms of my finances, but uh. Uh, the VCs are seem like they're losing their shit over this. So what what happened? Just tell me. As so a, as it's an funny. Outsider. So
0: Brace was actually Brace and his aunt had dinner at my house last night, which mm-hmm. was very nice, very
1: delicious. By the way, Liz thank is you, excellent cook. Thank you very much. I appreciate that.
0: Um, and I was I had been in like hostess mode, which is my favorite mode to yeah. be in, pretty much all e- afternoon and evening. And I, so I was I had not logged on, oh, as we like to say. Good to not be I on. opened up my phone, and I was like, Oh my god you guys like one of the biggest banks in silicon valley is like completely collapsing they're saying there's a huge bank run like is it going to go under and it did today it went under like what exactly it seems like what how this this has something to do with what we were t- we were planning on talking about today which is FTX and Silvergate
2: yeah it's it's hard to say exactly beyond at least so far, beyond you know, there was a general bank run in the old-fashioned sense. A couple yeah. days ago, it's there was a headline going around that Founders Fund, good old Peter Thiel's, love outfit. the guy.
1: By the way, shouts for yeah. the podcast. Yeah, for, thank you very much for you your kind so contributions.
2: Fucking, you I mean, so this sad. studio is looking pretty good. <laughs> yeah, I gotta yeah. Say. yeah, you yeah. like
1: all these catamites we have?
2: <laughs> is that what that is? Yeah. Well, you know. <laughs> um, yeah, Founders Fund was telling its portfolio companies, you know, people that invest in, take your money out of this bank and. Right. Of course that got out, like, immediately. And so there was this bank run over the last couple of days, and then the bank had to sell some of its—it bought these bonds at low interest mm-hmm. rates and then had to sell them all of a sudden because they didn't think they would have to, and they lost, I think, a couple billion dollars in the process, and, you know, they don't necessarily have all their deposits covered, so here we are. Like, right. within a couple of days, it just completely crumbles. Uh, yeah.
0: Yeah, they couldn't meet, they couldn't meet you know, customer demands, basically. They didn't mm-hmm. have the money. Um, so,
1: so as somebody who does – because to me, a bank is the guy I give money to, and mm-hmm. it's there, and I take it out with the debit card, right? I keep a lot of cash, as you guys know. Uh, specific, I'll give my address to patrons. Yeah, you're only cash or cat, Bitcoin. Those huge are your, cash guy. Yeah. I love fiat. <laughs> Um, but this is a bank that's like, you didn't like, it's not like you kept your like savings account there. It's like a bank that like, like a lot of startups kept their money. That's right. right.
2: Yeah. A lot of it's, I believe it was started in the early eighties and they lent to a lot of startups and you have big time entrepreneurs on Twitter saying like, my company wouldn't exist without this bank, and then you know, some. of Those companies, I'd be like, fine, but yeah, uh, okay, yeah, yeah. Well, But you know, it, it was the sort of home bank for Silicon Valley, funding all these companies. Yeah. Also, I think um, you know, some executives, when they would take out personal loans, you know, I don't know if Elon ever dealt with this bank, but you know, he, the sort of Elon Musk style that thing of like guy. taking out money yeah. to to live against right. like your stocks or whatever. Um, you know, they dealt with the high rollers of Silicon Valley and their startups. So. I think it's both like materially very important, but also kind of personal for some of these guys.
0: Yeah, and uh, you know, I mean, a lot of like you're saying, a lot of companies uh, bank there, and the big issue now is that a lot of companies had you know deposits there over 250k, which means anything, of course, over 250k is not FDIC, uh, FDIC insured. So. A lot of companies are unsure of if they can make payroll. Yeah. And so there's a big move where people are trying to I mean there's been statements from a lot of tech CEOs basically saying listen we're moving everything over to it's got it's always you know it you love them JP Morgan Chase. Yeah. Daddy's here to make everything right. Jamie Diamond's about to get mm-hmm. his cat's getting much fatter. As I'm Liz calls JP
1: Morgan Chase, Jewish paper chase. Okay, stop it. Okay. But
0: I will say, yeah, the big the big fishies shall be eating the little fishies very soon. Oh, is for my sure. my one prediction. But you know, a lot of people are worried that all these companies that were banking with with Silicon Valley Bank, it's such a simple name that I feel like I'm going to keep it
1: like, does sound tripping fit, yeah, over it. It sounds yeah, made like, like up a placeholder yeah. name in yeah. a book.
0: Um, that they can't make payroll, which means more tech layoffs. Yeah. And it's funny because some of this happened because of the big crash that's already been happening yeah. in tech, mm-hmm. right? It's put a lot of stress on a lot of companies trying to shore up capital, trying to shore up cash. It, you know, these things have a kind of cascading or, like, snowball kind of effect. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. Um, And a lot of that stems from a lot of the underlying collapse from the crypto market.
2: Yeah, I think one thing that we're starting to realize is that I mean, we always knew there'd be some contagion in, in yeah. crypto, as yeah, they call it. Course. Like, other companies collapsing because they all owed each other. Everyone owed—you know, Alameda owed everyone. Everyone owed Alameda. But now it's sort of creeping out, I guess, into other yeah. parts of banking or like sort of tech banking. Uh, you had Silvergate collapse recently, right. and that was like the crypto bank, pretty much. Um, and then, you know, I think that you, you've, it's a way also of learning that like there may be other kinds of exposure to these crypto companies, like from their investors Second or order from stop. yeah, exactly. Well, know we're seeing
0: like third order stuff. I mean, we were talking about all these regional banks in California. Are getting hit so hard, their stock prices are getting hit because everyone's freaked. First Republic doesn't down know. Heavy, yeah, yeah, First Republic, like the a classic lo- San Francisco bank logo. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um they're you know, their stocks, you know, it's like 30, 40 percent down, and you're gonna see regional banks like starting to really like, you know, get nervous. Because I think a lot of people are wondering, like, oh, is everyone just undercapitalized? Yeah. Which is not a good – no, you don't want those feelings out there.
2: <laughs> Bad vibes with, in the banking small, industry. small
0: – I mean, look, we don't even have that many fucking banks left in this country, right? 08 wiped out so many of them. Mm-hmm. And that's what I'm saying. Like J.P. Morgan is about to get really, really, really big, fucking big, which is really scary. But
2: um, this is the 16th largest bank. Um, that's <laughs> I never pretty heard big. Of this motherfucker. Yeah, I, uh, people yeah. outside of tech barely knew it. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I think there, there, there obviously could be more. I mean. And especially particular to, to crypto, I mean, uh, Circle, which manages USDC, which is one of the biggest stable coins, mm-hmm. They have a lot of their money at, at uh, Silicon Valley Bank. Mm-hmm. They had money at Silvergate, which is now done, um, and they have money at Silicon Valley Bank, and they have money at Signature, which is also struggling. And they, someone posted this on Twitter that, in one of their, you know, their forward-looking statements or whatever, um, Circle said we have money above the FDIC insurance threshold at. Some of our banks. So you could have someone like Circle or one of these other crypto companies have more than 250 grand in account, in accounts, maybe a lot more. And who knows when they're getting that back, if at all.
1: So this could. So from what I'm understanding, there, this could have like, a, like what you're saying, a cascading effect. It's like this: uh, another company has all their money in Silicon Valley Bank or a lot of money in there. They can't get it out for who knows how long, if they ever can. Right. And then they have to like default. Is that the, would that be the word I use? They would have to just shut down. No, but like I if mean, they owe someone, like it's just like they're fucked. Yeah. Basically. Oh yeah. 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 So wh- let me let me ask you this. But also,
0: I mean, look, companies that have their payroll there and they can't meet payroll, that means layoffs. Like today and Monday are going to be massive layoffs in Silicon Valley if companies can't fucking pay people.
1: I, I just got a text. I, I've been let go from Juicero. <laughs> You can't stop
0: talking about Juicero. Because I
1: think my idea is, <laughs> I was telling, I don't know, Jacob, I might be way on this. I feel like Juicero would hit
2: right now. Yeah. They
1: put out Juicero now?
2: It's an actual physical product. We haven't had many of those in Silicon Valley. That's, right. true, yeah, that's yeah. true. Let me ask
1: you guys this, though. What is Silvergate?
2: Silvergate was a bank, was until recently, a <laughs> yeah. bank in, uh, I believe, the San Diego area. Uh-huh. um And they catered to crypto companies. I mean, they were mostly about working with crypto companies. Um, They had something called the Silvergate Exchange Network, which was sort of their own private...
1: Okay, that sounds like an MLM.
2: Yeah, it's sort of like the circle where everyone shared money. Yeah. Um, It it was their own kind of settlement system and their own private blockchain where uh, their client companies, which at one point was practically everyone in crypto, like 1,600 companies, could pass could do deals with each other and, and settle transactions without ever really, I think, entering the mainstream banking system or going outside of Silvergate, really. Um, you know, I think there's some th- things yet to be learned about how that operated, but that was one of the main attractions for crypto companies, like, because you could do this and pass money back and forth or make deals with uh, other companies, which they were doing all the time, and it wouldn't be as noticeable, I think, as if you're going through mainstream banking or moving money on the blockchain. Um I talked to one hedge fund guy, and he was like, he was sort of trying to figure out what happened at FTX, and he's like, he, that was his theory, which was that, you know, if you're moving a lot of money around, especially Ill- potentially illegally, you can either do it through regular banks, uh, in which case there'll be reports filed and stuff like that. Ooh. Yeah, yeah. You know, th- Or you could do it on the blockchain, which is somewhat public. Or Where, in you which can have case, something also
0: like, reports will be filed. Yeah, yeah. you know, yeah.
2: people will be looking at you at least. Or you can do it. In something like this, the Silvergate Exchange Network um, signature here in New York has something similar, but um, which is kind of like almost a bank within the bank, it seems like, or a marketplace within the bank.
0: I think that, like, what it's funny because, you know, I was just thinking about this that during the 08 crash, one of the big takeaways was oh, there's a massive shadow banking system right that was like one of the things that everyone was always yeah. talking about where they're like oh all of this stuff was happening but we didn't really no one really had access to it no one really understood how all of this was working and in this moment it seems like there's a lot more shadow institutions that we're kind of we still don't know exist yes. but like or like we don't know yet how deep and wide all this the kind of like shadow money moving systems are, and like even in the crypto world, which is also already a sh- it's like already yeah. a shadow system. There's like a second or third like shadow, right, right. The, all these different shadow entities yeah. that these guys use in order to like prop up these these companies that yeah have real risk into like the real banking system, yeah, and real and, exposure. And I mean.
2: anytime, obviously, someone in crypto says like, "Oh, it's all on the blockchain. It's publicly." accessible or whatever that's bullshit because yeah because like first of all there are many blockchains many wallets companies are moving around crypto all the time like people can track some of the stuff but you can't necessarily track everything or know who's on the other end of a wallet things like that like you know for binance for example they've been moving a lot of huge volumes of crypto around in recent months like billions of dollars worth and they have excuses for all of it but it certainly looks weird Um, so yeah, I, I think we're what we're starting to see is, like, also how many institutions, serve, or not even institutions, like, entities perform bank-like functions.
0: Right, totally. With none
2: of the protections, often a lot of illegality, yeah. you know, often in, like, the Seychelles or something like that. Sure. Or even at Silvergate, like, we now know that um, one of the main things that FTX did was they, just, they set up some accounts there under Alameda. And then they just never bothered really to have FTX accounts. They set up an account under a fictional company called North Dimension, which North is
1: like, Dimension it's a great. That's great <laughs> really company. good. It's, it yeah. sounds kind
2: of like you know, like an '80s production company. or, or something.
1: that like, sounds like a great fleece. Yes,
2: yeah. yes, I might sounds, be wearing that today. Yeah, yeah I love um, the North Dimension. And they had <laughs> they had a website for it where it was like a fake electronics retailer. Yes, and so people,
0: that was so weird. I mean, that's so with sketchy. With the address was like in Berkeley.
2: I tried to figure that out actually because they're okay, Dick. They're they're just like
0: not that far from my own apartment actually, and, and it's I was like, he was here. And
2: it's at another building where like other Berkeley-related entities seem to have offices. I I contacted the building where they were where they were listed their offices. Such I never got anything. Journalist. But uh, yeah. <laughs> wait, okay. <laughs> I need to go back to it
0: now that we're 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 kind of like talking about FTX. Let's back up, sure, a bit, sure, because we haven't actually gone through and talked about. FTX or SBF or anything that's been going on since our episode on it, which is really when the big explosion happened right back in like what end of October early November when it was yeah
2: the, the balance sheet that, re- that yeah, helped start this yeah. that, yeah. that was November 2nd yeah there we go the company collapsed a few days later and the whole thing with, with CZ about to buy the company and then he didn't uh, so,
1: what a sh- I love the guy he's a
2: shark <laughs> it was a pretty sort of like cagey aggressive move yeah like, you could tell oh, oh man. I'm gonna stab you in the ribs and now I'm pulling up yeah the Sam knife. was yeah. pissed yeah. so let's back up oh, sure sure so for
0: our listeners yeah. who don't listen to all of our episodes. First of all, I hate you. <laughs> Fuck you. Yeah. Second of all, listen up, jokers. Yeah,
1: we got a real guy.
0: We here. got some splaining to do. Yeah. So, what is FTX? Who is Sam Bankman-Fried? Right. It's
2: about to get pedantic. Get ready. Let's do it. Um, so, yeah, I have this this <laughs> podcast that I'm doing for. Uh, it's starting on uh, March 13th. Four episodes about basically FTX and the, a sort of a a history of it as much as we could in four episodes and how did this whole thing happen? How did this sort of awkward guy who was falsely painted as this genius accumulate this huge crypto empire in like three years and then it all went under? Mm. Yeah. Um, well,
1: mine hasn't gone under yet, but
2: yeah. Ooh, I'm rooting for you long term. Yeah, you. Yeah, I'm <laughs> bullish. Um, so, you know, there are a lot of people in crypto who maybe had questions about, F- about FTX, but really it was... The leading one, of the leading companies. Yeah. It was, Sam was the face of crypto in like yeah. North America. Such a
0: crazy face.
1: Yeah. Also, if you're
0: gonna have a face of crypto, I don't think that should be the
2: He's face.
1: He's a two. He's a living two. I'm sorry. It's crazy. The on man a, is on a twenty point scale. Sorry, go on. It's.
2: Uh, I'll leave that kind of commentary to you guys. Uh, That's why I'm here. you know, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Of yeah, course, yeah, of yeah, course, yeah, yeah, yeah. But um. You know, and the, you know, they were involved in a, everything that every other crypto company was involved yeah. in just at a bigger scale. And like some people said, oh, they're way too into shit coins, but like who wasn't, you know? And um so there weren't yeah. necessarily like direct red flags. There were things like all of crypto is a red flag yeah. or they're the biggest business partner of Tether. That I'd mm. say was a red flag. Uh, and that's something we could talk about. But, you know, before November of 2022, there was this feeling like, Okay, crypto is collapsing, at least somewhat. All these companies are going bankrupt, like Celsius, 3AC, um, uh, Doquan with Terra. But somehow FTX was still standing and had yeah. money to bail people out and right. to sort of pick survivors. There were all these JP Morgan comparisons and stuff. Um,
0: yeah, he was. FTX was supposed to be the, like, legit— version of crypto. Yeah, they were going like, to make
2: it safe for the masses. Even
0: like big, yeah, big financial press, you know, they were basically like Bloomberg famous, you know, they were like, oh, we know crypto is kind of scammy, but FTX, we swear this is like the real deal. Yeah,
1: fame. I mean, that that's yeah. like uh, from, again, like I'm not a big, I mean, I, a good friend of mine is really big into crypto, but I'm not. Uh, and I knew who FTX was because it's like, oh, this is like they're gentrifying crypto.
2: Yeah. You know, totally, and he, you know he was obviously manipulating the po- the political process quite yeah. openly. Uh, yes, there's no secret about that. I mean, you had, you had regulators posting selfies with him. Actually, you know what you should say? Your friend should say sometime um, uh, when I when I talk to people in crypto and and you you ask them about like their Bitcoin. No one ever wants to say like when exactly they got in or how much they have, but like they're like oh, I, I had a lot, but I lost it in a boating accident. <laughs> I I don't know why, but I've heard that from like Michael Saylor said that in a video, and I've heard that from other people too.
1: I don't understand what that means.
2: I think it means like, oh, I can't account for it or something. I, they seem to think it's so funny when they say it. There's a video of Michael Sailor saying it. There's a video. Um, this how does Michael ba-
0: Saylor still have limbs? Like you yeah. think that they would all be broke? Be well, broken. How How is a like guy named
1: Michael Sailor talking about a boating accident? <laughs> <laughs> what the hell does this guy think he's fooling? But that, like, that's
2: their little their little quip that they think is funny. That's crazy. Like, Oh, you can't find my is crypto. Is he still
0: liquid? Is he still around talking? He's I still
2: wish, around, I but like liquid. he's being he's, <laughs> be, a he's being sued for what? tax evasion. By Washington D.C. Yeah, so there you go. go. And like, you gotta think that he owes all kinds of people. There was
0: there used to be all these accounts on Twitter where they were like tracking when he was yeah. getting uh, getting margin called. Yeah, and there would be like it was back before Elon killed all the the Twitter um, API calls. but yeah. he would there would be people just like oop alert sailor getting margin called oop alert. It was very funny. Anyway, yeah. okay, FTX. Back okay, to so.
2: It. Um, <laughs> so this this balance sheet gets released in Coindesk, on, on, uh, Coindesk, which is an industry publication, probably the best of the industry publications, right. um, it, on November 2nd. It basically shows like Alameda, which is supposed to be Sam's hedge fund that he owns but doesn't really pay attention to. Yeah. Um, Research. It's
1: in, a, it's in a different part of the manse.
2: Yeah, it's like he lives <laughs> in, like my <laughs> with these people. But yeah, he claims he there's a separation or yeah. a firewall. The Chinese and, wall. Yeah, exactly. And basically what the balance sheet shows is like this company doesn't have much real money and it's a lot of shit coins and a lot that they've overvalued. And also a lot of it was just FTX's own token, which was FTT.
1: That's how I've always understood it.
2: Right. FTX
1: yeah. was printing, I'm doing heavy quotation marks mm. around that, printing their own money and being like, look how much money we have that we made.
2: That's yeah. essentially
1: right. And they were using That's it crazy. for major deals yeah, too. Yeah, and yeah, like,
2: you know and kind of marking it up uh, over its ca- trading value Billionaires and i mean stuff. it was already worth less than they thought it was because if you try to sell that stuff no one wants it
0: i think the craziest thing about ftx is that it's the most like v- the most vulgar version of ex- someone explaining bitcoin like to someone who's just never even heard of it and yeah. it's like the most critical like vulgar version of just like, oh, it's just printing something fake and then selling it and someone bought. That's literally what FTX was doing. This has
1: been, this has been since we started ever covering crypto. Every time, because I'm like, I don't know this stuff. I don't understand this stuff. This has to be more complicated than I think. And then, because I'm like, this can't be just guys making up money and then other people pretending it's real. But that's what it is, and I don't, I don't understand it because everyone seems older than me and have more money than me. <laughs> but it seems fake to me. It's just like cra- It's like if you found a continent where everyone could do magic, sure, that doesn't make any sense. That analogy, that but that'd be kind of would be crazy. Yeah, yeah. the Bahamas. Yeah, City that's of where London. you do the magic. <laughs> One of the greatest continents of the world. <laughs>
2: um, but no, that's the thing with crypto. Is like you always think like, am I crazy or yeah. stupid or something? is this as stupid as I think it is? And it's usually, like, dumber than you think it is.
0: Yeah, I mean, I know we've pointed to this before. I mean, you pointed it to it in your podcast, too, is that, like, you had SBF literally on, you know, Bloomberg's show with Matt Levine and Joe Wiesenthal literally explaining his own operation as... You have a like empty black box and you just say what it's worth and people believe you and you put money into it and it just – I mean it
2: was just absurd. It was crazy. Yeah, that – that uh, speaking of red flags, I mean that was something where people were like, okay. It was like you know the oh my god, he admitted it meme.
1: Stinky. Yeah. Like, yes. Like,
2: okay. So that shows, of course, that people on the inside of the industry are very cognizant of what they're doing and what yeah. kind of like economic operations they're undertaking. But he still some, somehow thinks he can kind of BS his way through it and make it seem like... I mean, even that interview, he talks about, well, there might be more benefits down the road. And that's what we're hearing about a lot about from, uh, from crypto people over the last couple of years it, with like NFTs and stuff like that. Like, it's not useful now, but you're going to get a lot of benefits later. You'll you be able buy to do now.
1: Counter-Strike skins for Nike Air Force Maxes.
2: <laughs> I mean, that could be huge. Yeah, it'd be crazy. Yeah.
1: So it, it, So then the bottom falls out.
2: Yeah. So when people really realize, okay... Sam Bankman-Free and his crypto empire doesn't have a lot of real money, or at least the Alameda side, which was supposed to be separate. Yeah. We quickly find out that's not the case. But what happens is – so enter CZ, the CEO of Binance, um, the biggest exchange in the world, no real headquarters. He lives mostly mostly in Dubai. Shady, incredible character himself. Uh, So
1: this is another thing I don't understand. For my whole life, I believe that if you have a business, you generally have a place where that takes place. Yeah. Binance has no headquarters? Like, there's no office of there Binance? There are
2: offices where people work. In but, Hong Kong, right? Well, in a few places. For a while, they weren't saying, and, like, you could find stuff, like, oh, they de- like, if you look at like Glassdoor, it seemed that they had, an, like, from the reviews, mm. it seems like, oh, they have an office in, sh- in Malaysia, but, you know, the, the things that <laughs> I right found out for sure, office. like, you know, I've tried to deal with their comms a lot, like, their comms guy, who's pretty active on Twitter, too, and he finally says, like, okay, we have a hub in Paris okay. and a hub in the UAE which they're now acknowledging as hubs. Yeah. They now acknowledge that that um, CZ lives a lot of the time in Abu Dhabi and they claim they're going to have some sort of some sort of headquarters or where they're actually like domiciled as a company will be made clear. They've said Cayman Islands but like the thing with Binance is it's a lot like I mean FTX we knew where it was based but there are a lot of similarities. Like there are these webs of companies or networks of companies and you don't know how many there are. There are weird people who are put as the directors or beneficial owners on some of these Binance ones. Um, CZ actually wrote a blog post after I got into it with his comms guy on on the internet because there's this woman named Guan Ying Chen Mm -hmm. who works for um, Binance. And she's become sort of this bogeyman for people who are critical of Binance. Like there are people suing Binance and stuff like that, customers, and but, and there, people wondered, who is this person? Because yeah. I, I started looking her up. She is the sole director of some b- important Binance subsidiaries, like uh, a company in Malta, a company in Ireland. like
0: great Two great places. Two, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
2: Oh, there's a third one in Switzerland. <laughs> All which,
1: my shit's registered yeah. out of Malta and Ireland. And so,
2: like, <laughs> this woman, no one knows who she is. And CZ tries, CZ's whole thing is like, we're not a Chinese company. We're not affiliated with the CCP or anything like that. Um, you know he's of Chinese heritage but a a Canadian citizen Yeah. he never comes to North America he didn't come to to Canada when his dad died his um, his comms guy claims he comes to the US uh, kind of in secret not for public events Mm, but interesting that's the first I've heard of that um but, you know, he lives a certain life of someone who's kind of avo- avoiding certain jurisdictions, it seems like. Yeah. And then there's this woman, Guan Ying Chen, who's, na- who's basically the, the the director of all these companies that we know are important parts of the Binance system. That, like, they're European operations. She could she basically owns them. Um, and so I started asking, or I think this was over the summer, and at first I got kind of scolded because that supposedly I was putting some person in danger who mm. was like – they claim that when they left China, Binance was kicked out of China along, along with a lot of other crypto right. companies. Respect. Yeah, why yeah. not? And, um, and that they all became like enemies of the state and this woman had to leave her family behind and blah, blah, blah. Um, you know, I'm, not, I'm being flippant, but there's sort of reason to be um, because the story doesn't quite add up. And then CZ writes this blog post. Directed towards me, basically. Though he doesn't name, me. he called me a former Washington Post reporter. or Whatever. Um, is that true? I've written for them, but I've never worked for them. Okay, almost yeah. ended this. I know, I know. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> okay, deep breath. Um, and uh, and it's, it becomes this whole thing about how a- asking questions about the company or about him or this woman is racist because he, you know, he wants to do this thing. We're not a Chinese company, but really, it's like, no. Who is this person? Yeah. And so what they say is, this was an early employee of the company, and they needed someone, a Chinese citizen, to put her name on legal documents.
1: Mm, okay. Makes
2: no sense because her name is on corporate registrations in Europe. Yeah. Um, so, and it makes no sense for a number of reasons. Why couldn't you find a Chinese lawyer? Lo- they have lawyers in China. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, 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 Like, put yeah. someone like that. But their telling is she's a back office administrator who was a very early employee. Yeah, so
0: she's not. She's something. Yeah.
2: Recently the same guy Patrick Hillman their comms guy said on twitter to me that she in public that she was a co-founder and i had never heard that before that was the first, I, so i said she's a she, co-founder I said, with I CZ yeah, yeah CZ and the other woman whose name is i believe yeah. Yihei and um, but i was like oh i just upgrade her to co-founder i should get a cut of that or a little yeah, bit yeah yeah <laughs> you should get a portion of her salary so yeah. you know there're all these weird things going on about who owns Binance who's running it the china connections people can ask about them but You can set that all aside and just, like, look at all the other stuff. And, like, CZ is being investigated all over the world. So is the company. Um, Just today, actually, um, uh, Binance US, which is supposed to be separate, which is not.
1: It's interesting because I've heard that before. Yeah, right. Just like operation, Same
2: thing. They are supposed to take over another bankrupt crypto company called Voyager. And just today, the— the U.S. attorney for Southern District of New York who's prosecuting SBF, Damian Williams, he appealed that. He doesn't want uh, Binance U.S. to be able to absorb Voyager. So, like, U.S. authorities are definitely looking at Binance. Um, I don't know if they'll, like, have the, the political will to bring something to the table. But, like, so anyway, so we have that lurking in the background, I guess. Mm. I'm sorry. That was a long tangent. No, but, good, baby. But then, you know, in the next few days, Binance is like, okay, maybe we'll bail you out.
1: Talking
0: about FTX.
2: Binance says maybe they'll bail out FTX. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Sorry, excuse me. And um and this all also originates from Binance and FTX are sort of linked from the beginning. Yeah. Uh, FTX was an uh, FTX got early investment from Binance. And at one point they basically wanted to go separate ways for various legal and shady reasons. And so FTX said, "Okay, we're going to buy out your share, but we're going to do it with the coin, the the tokens that we print and the tokens <laughs> that you print. So they they paid something like one point six billion dollars. They're not even
0: paying, right? Right.
2: It's, it's just, just
0: using Monopoly money. Exactly. It's like okay, I'm going to give you my Monopoly money, and you're going to give me your Monopoly money.
2: Yeah. So.
0: But how can like any kind of legal acquisition like, how could that go through?
2: I don't know how it could actually be sort of legal in some sense, but <laughs> unless you unless, – um, you You're
1: know, thinking in a 20th century framework. Yeah, unless Nine. people say
2: <laughs> – unless that val- the value of those tokens is is sort of seen as the actual value and not just a notional number on paper, right. you know what I mean? Like that those digital assets really do have the value you claim they do. So they, bought, they use a mix of BUSD, uh, um, the Binance stablecoin, I believe. That, I think it was BUSD. And then FTT, FTT. The, um, and so what happens is that's, like, giving your future rival or enemy, like, the means to destroy you, actually. Right. Like, because, like, if I give you all this token of mine or say, like, you know, it's like if, if China decided to dump U.S. debt or yeah, something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, it would hurt China, but they would take us the hell down. I right. mean, they pro- uh, it's, it's sort of a similar idea. Like, so CZ says, I don't like what I see here. I'm going to sell all my FTT tokens. This is all within a few days in early November. And, of course, that, like, the price plummets. And that starts a bank run on FTX. And that's when CZ CZ says, oh, well, maybe I'll buy you guys on the cheap and rescue you. And at that
0: point, it seemed like Sam was quite desperate and was like, okay, great. Like, it seemed like he was, like, ready to make that deal happen. Yeah, yeah. Anything to get anyone to not look under the hood of FTX,
2: basically. Yeah, I think you're totally right because that's a good point. Because right now we knew that things were wrong there, but we didn't know, like— $8 billion have been shifted from FTX to Alameda. yeah, yeah,
1: we didn't know the full extent. Yeah,
2: so, and if you kind of think that crypto is a cartel or that people have a lot of dirt on each other or at least mutual interests, then it might have been in CZ's interest to just snap up FTX and keep the plate spinning. Yeah. But he took, supposedly he took a look at, and yeah, and Sam was desperate. I mean, there was an interesting line from Sam who can be, you know, sort of an arrogant nerd in his own way on Twitter or talk shit towards people in the past, he said to CZ on Twitter, he's like, he didn't name him, but he said something like, to a certain rival, you won. Or yeah, like yeah, that. I yeah. remember that. Like, he he took the knee. Yeah. And then a day or two later, CZ says, actually, we looked at the books. It's it's too bad here. We can't rescue this company. And that and
0: just, that was like the death That moment. was it. That was so mean. It was
2: brutal. I mean, like, the, I but thought it, that was, was pretty savage. I mean,
0: not to, like... I mean, I get it though. Can you oh, imagine yeah. if Binance had absorbed that shit show? it, yeah, it
2: probably would yeah. been. I don't know a huge if he could have yeah. kept
0: the, the plates going.
2: And Binance kind of wants to be overseas. Like they have the Binance US, but like there's a reason why that's their their Potemkin operation here. I mean, you may have heard of something called the, the Tai Chi document, which Forbes' report on and, and other places, Reuters, but it was first broken by Forbes. So a couple of years ago, a consultant uh, to to Binance, presented them with uh, a presentation. It was called the it was called something like the Tai Chi strategy or the Tai Chi document, and uh, so uh, that's what they called it, not me. Um, and it was basically kind of like, well, you set up a front. In different countries, of you know, you'll have a Binance U.S. and it'll look like, "Hey, this is our regulated entity in the U.S." But yeah. it's really just kind of like a placeholder or fig leaf to like have a presence, look like you're following the law. Most of the action is is offshore on mm. global Binance, and meanwhile, you also encourage customers in those countries to use VPNs and to actually trade on the yeah, mothership. Yeah, of course.
1: Yeah, yeah.
2: FTX, if you really look at it, it, was a lot like that. But with with Binance, this was like a document that people mm. have seen that was presented, mm. supposedly it was approved. Binance denies it, but there's a lot of leaked communications and surrounding it.
1: I'm sorry. Obviously, this is the – I mean, that's like how it's like,
0: structured. And to be clear, like on the global exchanges, they would want people doing that because they can get away with a lot of like insane leverage. Yes. That I mean, they can play around with just insane, yeah. insane margins in ways that you just can't in the U.S. or in other countries where it's heavily regulated for the safety of customers. Totally. Right? Because that's how they're fucking stealing people's money.
2: Absolutely. I mean, one of the main ways is, yeah, get people to gamble. I mean, it's all gambling. And then give yeah. them 100x margin or leverage and, like, suddenly – and, you know, if, if – Things go up one percent; they're great. If it goes down one percent, everything's gone. You know? Yeah, like,
1: this is the thing. Like I know, I, listen. You're a journalist; you're a man of integrity. You can't just like <laughs> cast aspersions and stuff. But I'm a guy who's known a lot of liars and a lot of people who are essentially criminal at heart and indeed. These guys are just both—they're bull- like, just doing a scam. Like, obviously, they approved this document. All these t- FTX works the same way, yeah, right? FTX, yeah, I was
0: going to say FTX is completely set up or was set up the exact same way.
2: Yeah, ostensibly separate, but really very entangled. And now we're seeing there was money moving back and forth. Um, Sam Bankman-Fried claims that FTX US was solvent. I mean, the new leadership at FTX says that's not true. Yeah, um, which who I'm more inclined to believe. But um, yeah, it's very similar. I mean, one of my favorite little. Uh, mysteries, I guess, or little anecdotes from all this is, is like, Binance US went through something like three CEOs in six or nine months. Mm-hmm. One of them was this woman named Catherine Cooley who worked, I th- believe, for Ripple before that. Mm. And so she was like a big crypto industry figure. Everyone knew who she was, got elevated, you know, got hired to be the CEO of the new Binance US when it launched. She lasted a few months. She has, she literally has not been heard from since no public statements no social media posts nothing what? so people are like
0: miscovaged?
2: people are like is she dead yeah
0: holy shit they iced uh, her
2: uh, my honest opinion and this is not like I can't confirm this but my guess would be that she's cooperating as a as a oh. witness because oh, yeah. there have been sense. some references to her in some of these articles in Reuters that the Wall Street Journal that make her. it yeah. seem like she's cooperating with the government there were some articles in the crypto press like where did she go Yeah, where friends of hers claimed she was still around but like this is unusual and weird. And then they went through two other CEOs, including, like, this guy, Brian Brooks, who worked for the Trump administration. Like, people who you think would maybe be down with some of this stuff. And those people weren't. And then finally, like, two of the top executives now at Binance US, or at least Binance US and I think one of their global guys, they got these two brothers from Uber to, like, help so run the show. Two l-
0: brothers two from brothers Uber right? from is, right? like, is, like, Uber. the beginning like, keep of keep it in like... the family yeah. and get,
2: like, from a cutthroat company <laughs> and, like. So just the fact that Binance U.S. doesn't seem like a real going concern and went through like major leadership, one of whom has disappeared, makes you ask a lot of questions.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: So Sam has been arrested.
2: <laughs> yeah. So Sam got arrested about a month after the company collapsed, which... From my understanding, is actually kind of quick uh, as these things go. Like Free the him. Uh, well, it seemed
0: like his uh, you know compatriots really turned on him real fast.
2: Big time, yeah. So now we have several of the main executives who were all his buddies. You know, most of these people are thirty years old or younger. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, one thing I, I I do hate though is like when people say they were just kids. Like no, like Sam was an adult man handling well, billions of thing dollars. A big thing on
1: young people now is they love saying that your brain isn't fully developed until you're twenty five. And so my thing is, my brain was fully developed at like seven. So <laughs> these people, I was—they let me drive. Then I just didn't.
2: My That's grandpa it learned so, to drive at twelve. Your head
1: was so big for so long. My what? That's why your head was so big for so long. Exactly. Yeah. Well, y- Yakub and all that too. But yes. <laughs> uh, but so like they. But yeah, they're not children. They're thirty years old.
2: Totally. And these people like worked uh, like Sam and some of his friends came from Jane Street, which is a major yes. trading firm. Uh, like I've heard that people at Jane Street don't really like them, but um, but. You know, like, these are not dummies and these people know laws and rules and they have lawyers and stuff like that. Um, I think there's a question about some of those lawyers. Like, um, one guy who we don't really get to in the podcast but who people should look into is Dan Friedberg. Dan Friedberg was a top lawyer at FTX. I forget his exact title. He worked on sort of policy and and regulatory stuff. Dan Friedberg was, along with a guy named Stuart Hogner. They were the main lawyers and compliance officers at a company called Ultimate Bet. And Ultimate Bet um, was oh, a poker I, yeah, company. Yeah, yeah, yeah and they course. had a god mode where they stole yes. tens of millions of dollars from, like, pro poker players and all these people. And, like, you could, they, their insiders could look at the cards of other players. So yeah. there's recordings on the internet about this. And, like, this is a confirmed thing that happened uh, up in Canada. And, the, and that when all the poker sites were shut down... A lot in the mid 2000s, a lot of those people went to crypto.
1: Yeah, um, yeah.
2: Similar ideas about money and government. Oh, it's basically government. all
0: structured the same way
2: too. It's very similar. Actually, all the
0: exchanges are. It's all the same. Some
2: people also point out that, like, I, I mean, I'm not a programmer, but I've seen what they're referring to in the in some of the early Bitcoin code. There was a poker room. You yeah, that would this. not
0: surprise me. So, like, at there all. was poker
2: code for a room to play poker in the original Bitcoin or yeah. early Bitcoin code. So. There are all these connections there. So mm-hmm. these guys helped cover up a fraud, basically. What happens a few years later, uh, Stuart Hogner becomes the chief lawyer for Tether, <laughs> where he still is. Mm-hmm. And Dan Friedberg becomes the head of compliance and top lawyer for FTX, which mm-hmm. then becomes Tether's largest customer.
0: So, OK, let's talk about Tether for a second.
2: For our listeners who aren't familiar...
0: What let's get the elevator pitch sure. for Tether. I'll I'll really What's try the, to keep it brief. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, we can get into the relationship between FTX and Tether, which Tether is important. Tether
2: is basically the the poker chips of the casino. I think Gary Gensler yeah. said that, a lot of people said that. Um, and they're the most pop, they're a stable coin, meaning they're supposed to always be worth $1 mm-hmm. and backed by one real dollar in the bank. And well, they're one
0: be- real dollar-like entity in the yeah, bank. Yeah,
2: <laughs> and that's obviously the big question. I mean, it's or been- you could
1: say it like this: No, one real dollar in the bank.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I promise. I promise. One
1: real dollar in the bank.
2: In that bank. In the uh, bank. Owned a by dollar
0: the dollar-shaped entity. Yeah, yeah. In in a dollar in the
2: or bank or equivalent <laughs> liquid assets. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, to buy crypto, you can you can go on exchanges and often connect your bank account or use a credit card or something like that. But it's a lot easier to kind of use crypto to buy crypto or to oh, stay yeah. within the system yeah. so you don't have to tr- touch a real bank or have a taxable event by selling crypto. So what people will do is they'll often buy stable coins. They'll right. buy tethers or like I'll buy $500 worth of tethers, 500 tethers. And then I'll use that to go buy $500 worth of some crypto. Um, and that, and there are other things you can do with them. Like on, you can put use them for DeFi and all these other things. But really it's just sort of like the poker chips. Yeah. yeah. And the issue with them is that They've been the sketchiest company you can imagine since their inception with our friend Brock Pierce. Mm-hmm. And pedophile. Um, <laughs> and, um, man, you really should get that looked and at. Pneumonia, yeah, it's, yeah, yeah, it's yeah, rough. It's I, re- better, yeah, I yeah, heard yeah, you yeah, say yeah, that, yeah. 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 Um, yeah, Tether has been found to be lying about um. It's, it's backing and perhaps be violating banking laws. I mean, they settled with the New York AG and with the CFTC. They paid millions in fines. From the, from the point of view of the crypto industry, this is this is just the cost of doing business. But they're also banned from doing business in the state of New York. Recently, it was reported that um, a lot of their assets are overseen by Cantor Fitzgerald, the, mm. the financial firm that a lot of people died in 9-11 and they sort of grew back. But they're based in New York. So I do wonder if they're actually, mm. you know, violating the law again. But for a long time, Tether was the one who everyone assumed would go down, and yeah. that would yes. cause the cascade that they destroyed crypto. I think our first crypto, crypto episode
1: was on Tether. Yeah, I thought so, too. I would too. include myself
0: in that. I yeah, that Tether- I thought so, too. And, you know, look, Tether broke its peg a couple times.
2: Yeah.
0: Uh, and every single time, everyone was like, here it comes, here we go. And then it was able to kind of— you know, through Magically sheer magic go back. of the market, yeah. you know, kind of come back to the peg and, and sort of stabilize itself with quite large printings, we'll say. Yeah,
2: I mean, what will happen is periodically there's this account called Whale Alert yeah. that says when there's a big movement of crypto. And so you'll have some alert that says Tether printed a billion dollars worth of Tether, which is so much money. Mm-hmm. And then they're, and they're like, oh, we're sending it to Tron, which is run by Justin Sun. Who's Tron
1: by- is real? <laughs>
2: I hope so, because this company is called Tron. But it's like my favorite re- like shady crypto Justin's company.
1: Justin Sun, I know about this guy. He's A amazing. A guy so illegal... That he lives in Panama now.
2: He lives in Grenada. Grenada, 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 Grenada. Where we invaded.
1: Different. Well, we also invaded Panama, but that's yes. true. That's uh, true. We did. Oh we did God. invade Grenada, which is, by the way, that is an insane story. He's a
2: diplomat for. Them. He's a,
1: yeah. I was gonna say he's literally in the government. How they have fallen since Maurice Bishop. But there,
2: there's a there's a great article <laughs> there's a great article that I recommend to a lot of people. I, I forget the name of the author, but it's on, on the Verge, uh, the Verge website. It's called like the many escapes of yes. Justin's son. Yes, I've read it's that. Really it's good. really good because. Cause it just shows you how he's fled jurisdiction to jurisdiction, and now he's in the Caribbean, and he calls himself his excellency. I think he's hilarious. So but all, I
1: mean,
0: I think it's either in that piece or another one where it's like all of these guys are on the run.
2: They all are in one it's form just or like another.
0: Every they're just country hopping. Brock Pierce is the same thing. Yes. He's like constantly Puerto Rico. Yeah, going from country to country. I mean clearly C Z is like whatever he's yeah, doing. Or yeah, or
2: even Sam, they started well yeah. first like he was trading a little bit in Berkeley, then they go to Hong Kong, I think, and then they go into the Caribbean. I think at one point they were maybe registered in Antigua, but they were you, yeah. they were in the Bahamas. Yeah. Um so they're always like jurisdiction shopping or doing like sort of Jurisdictional arbitrage or just outright running from the law.
1: I guess my thing is – that, and again, I'm coming at this as an outsider, right? If I was going to get involved in some kind of financial investment opportunities, right? If every founder of all the companies in the thing that I'm involved in uh, are constantly having to move to various islands (laughs) due to the fact that they're uh, doing crimes, that would give me pause. Yeah. Yeah. Am I like am I insane? Like it's like this is, is why this no- I've never they have invested. To keep
0: building islands in the Gulf is just to so they can start creating more and more jurisdictions China's for these guys islands to in the through. South, uh,
1: the South China Sea. That's why we
0: have to. out you know, That's why we, we have to, know, take we have to invade, invade and go China. to war with China yeah, so, so we, we can get have their island jurisdictions.
1: Oh
2: yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, the, the same islands. Yeah, that's
1: you know. Mischief Reef. on game.
2: Yeah? So Good enough for me to go to war. All
1: right. <laughs> Justin's son. He's, so, he's all over the place. He's kind
2: of the last man standing in some ways, besides, of course, CZ and some of these others. But like, he still seems to be doing whatever he wants. And he's, he's Tron's main business partner. I mean, sorry. He is Tron. He's uh, <laughs> Tether's main business partner. He supposedly was trying to get a rescue package together for FTX, That's which right. is ridiculous. I mean, it's like a... It's like the Harlem Globetrotters bailing out the Knicks or something. Like, I don't know. It's just <laughs> Which, absurd. Which, by the
0: way, I would love to see, although the Knicks are doing very well. Could be fun. I,
2: also, be fun.
1: I will say the Harlem Globetrotters are the only basketball game, team I've ever seen play a game. You they should go see the Knicks game. The
0: Knicks are great right now. They're super fun. Yeah.
1: Um, you got to no go to Madison Globetrotters, Square. Globetrotters, I'm not really. You got to go to Madison Square. I'll go there performing.
2: <laughs> Here we go. You guys will do a show there eventually. <laughs> no,
1: no, 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 no. I have some acoustic ballads. Oh, nice, nice. So, okay. Tron is like, we're going to bail out FTX.
2: And that, of course, fails. And then then CZ doesn't come through. And then basically on, I believe, the morning of, I think it was November 11th, at 4.30 in the morning, according to Sam, under severe pressure from everyone around him, which he now regrets, he signs the bankruptcy filing for FTX for over 130 companies, which everyone's like... Why do you have 130 companies? Yeah,
0: they're all fake shell companies. Yep.
2: And uh, and then uh, this guy, John J. Ray the, the third, who's sort yeah. of like out of big law central casting. Yeah, come, yeah come, totally. Like, yeah, he really he's is. He's ridiculous. Look, he his, helped his manage name, the he did, Enron bankruptcy, Yeah, he, can, he right? was the cleanup artist kind of who came in after Enron and Nortel, which we right. mentioned in the podcast too, because I believe they're a Canadian companies. So Got to keep it local. Of course. Um, And he comes in and is like, this is the worst shit I've ever seen. Yeah. uh, Yeah, I
0: mean, it was a fake, fake company run by 30-year-old drug addicts.
2: Possibly, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I mean, just like no list of employees, no risk management, which even Sam acknowledges there was no risk management department. Um, You know, basic facts about their, how much money they had or where and all this stuff, like, no one seemed to know. Um, No. And... Yeah, it, it, I think that's why also, frankly, it didn't last very long. Like, I, I'm I'm going to write a piece, I think, about kind of uh, FTX as like a business, as a fraud. You know, like mm. Bernie Madoff was like really good at being a criminal. Yeah. Like, yeah, he kept that it, it thing,
0: went on for decades. He kept that
2: thing going for decades. Like, yeah. Sam, I think, was very good, allegedly, at bringing in all this money and sort of getting, spinning this thing up. But he cannot keep it going. Which
0: I want to talk about for a second because I find him to be one of the least charismatic people I've ever heard in my life. And yet, perhaps it says more about the crypto space and the kind of what journalists and big financial people were working with out there. Maybe that's the best they got. But I got to say, listening to him talk, first of all, the the inside of my ear, like, just starts (laughs) to kind of, like, twist into itself because he's so annoying. But as a woman (laughs) – I just – no, he's so dirty
1: looking. (laughs) What if he was funny?
0: (gasps) Here's my thing. How did he actually perpetuate this? Because like you say, he's not good at being a criminal. He seems very dumb. He's clearly hopped up on – like, intense and He's shaking like a
1: leaf. Yeah, yeah. like, yeah. all the
0: time. He doesn't seem to know, like, basic accounting or even, yeah. like, he can't cover up the fake accounting because he doesn't actually know any accounting principles. Yeah. And yet,
2: it's... he
0: has Steph Curry and, which I hate to mention, and Tom Brady in commercials, like, shelling his, like, fake company at the Super Bowl.
2: Yeah. So, it, it's weird. It is that, like, Silicon Valley anti charisma, where they yeah. meet like a nerdy white guy and they think, Oh, you're a genius for reasons I don't fully understand. It's kind of like the Zuckerberg treatment. Um, you know, there was this, inc- this is hilariously over the top article written for Sequoia, like sponsor content yes. kind of thing. Yeah. A lot of people saw oh, yeah, it. Yeah. yeah it's yeah, now, yeah. It, you can find it on the Internet Archive, but like.
1: Yeah, they took that thing they down. They got to arrest. I'm sorry. I hate to interrupt that. I want to. Uh, Sequoia Capital. If you work there, there should be checkpoints in every street in New York, in California. And if you have that, you are just taken to a place that is just like absent That's from what I feel any, about any map. Street.
0: I see these young kids on the train sometime and they have their little Jane Street tote bag. And I like so bad want to like little Liz noise.
1: Like, but. I should get your bones if you work for Sequoia. Like, they should just give those a few. That's crazy. Because I've never seen a person who represented themselves as an employee for Sequoia who has approached even an ounce of being a regular human being. Yeah. They are fucked up dogs. So, <laughs> sorry. Except without the big dicks, the dogs have. No disrespect.
2: No disrespect to the dogs. To the dogs. Um... Yeah, so, you know, there, there was this ridiculous article where when he was pitching Sequoia, he was playing video games, which yes! he did in other meetings. And they knew. And they thought, like, oh, this guy's so cool. What He's, a genius. He could game <laughs> while pitching us. Like, that just— Bro, what? Why is that good? And, like, they thought he was going to be the first trillionaire, they said in the article. Just stuff that I don't—there must be something in the air in the water or in those rooms that they pipe in.
0: How the mighty have fallen. You know, you see the, like, culture of Wall Street criminality from— Wolf of Wall Street, and you're like, damn, so cool, Leo. What a badass! <laughs> that lady, Margot Robbie, hot as
1: hell. I do find her annoying, although,
0: however, yeah, clearly lying annoying. about her age, which yes, I do really. think,
1: I do think, is a woman's right. I yeah, I do too, but I do find her to be annoying.
0: I look, I the didn't New see, the, I didn't see the bad movie I'm that repulsive. you did. I think she's fine. She just needs she needs to get out of the contract with with uh, Chanel. It's not doing her. She any needs favors. a guy. Anyway, me. then you see. You know, fast forward, whatever it is, 30, 40 years. Don't, I don't know the math on that. Mm-hmm. And it's like, what the hell? Yeah. Nerds took over. This yeah. guy,
1: he's doing this a drug I like never heard of. <laughs> he's putting it on his arm, his little patch.
2: You know, when when he was calling to court in the Bahamas, we interviewed a journalist from Coindesk who was, I think, the only non-Bahamian journalist there mm. for his initial arraignment. Um, he And this has been reported, but she was talking about this. He was in court and in the Bahamas and he says I need to take my medicine or, or something like that and, right. and the judge says okay and he's like I need to take my shirt off and so that. he leaves the room that's kind
1: of Wolf of Wall Street style. he leaves
2: the room uh, puts on one of his patches apparently and he, com- and he had been shaking like a leaf as you said before then he comes back in F- a few minutes later he's totally calm
1: and he's got like a chiseled jawline. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So uh, you've met, you've met
2: once. Sam. Yeah, one. I met Sam once over the summer. I uh, worked on a book with Ben McKenzie that's coming out, but uh, and we interviewed him for that. And I've talked to him online. Uh, we uh, we talk about this in the podcast a bit. He DM'd yeah. me some. Like I wouldn't say I had a like you know it was source like or journalist source relationship. I never he but.
1: He was kinda just DMing.
2: He would, I think he just liked he was, to talk like, to people. Up on, at, well he was up all night.
0: Up all night on drugs and online and a crypto guy. Of course he's in the DMs. Yeah. yeah, and
2: all one one thing that someone said to me, um this guy caught him at the Financial Times who we talked to also is a great journalist. Um so yeah, all these guys, you know, they're online all the time. They're producing content all the time, like mm-hmm. and, and not a good mix. Yeah, and I think Sam just sort of liked to reach out to a lot of people and kind of keep tabs on people. But he, his main thing with me seemed to be trying to convince me that Tether wasn't a scam.
1: Mm, and
2: um, bro. And he would often point to this Financial Times article about Tether that goes into the background of Giancarlo DeVicini, the oh. guy who basically runs it. And and we've talked about him and, before. Yeah, the, the plastic the, surgeon. The stu- yeah, yeah, and yeah, like, yeah, And he would basically just say things to me like, they're messy, but they're not a scam.
0: Well, they have a real link. I mean, Tether and FTX, too. I mean, they were using – they have, like, some pretty close ties. Yeah,
2: Alameda, over the course of its lifespan, bought something like $36 billion worth of Tethers. I'm
1: sorry mm. – b- th- that's so much money.
2: It's incredible. Yeah, I
1: don't understand. Who's where does the money go? Yeah, I mean. but stop saying money. Okay, because well, that's, it's not that's, money. That's true. Yeah. It's yeah.
0: only money when it's when realized, it's, it cashed
1: out. That's what. Yeah, that's
0: yeah. True. You know what? And it's not. It's fake. It's it's. Fake-y. I keep all my money fake-y in cash. Money. Yeah, <laughs>
2: and, and and that's one of those questions of like you know. There's a lot we already know from the filings and from. You know, Caroline Ellison, Nishat Singh, and all these other people pleading guilty, and all the other people who are going to plead guilty. I mean, even Dan Freeberg, that guy I I mentioned earlier, claims he wants to cooperate. Um, But there's still these open questions. Like, yeah, they probably didn't give 36 billion U.S. dollars to tether, even over a long period. But, like, they probably got some tethers for free or discounted and then maybe paid them back later. I mean, who knows what was going on. But there's a real question of, like— at least how did those $36 billion worth of Tethers, and again, all these are fake numbers, but kind of pass through Alameda, and where did they go, and uh, and what happened to a lot of that stuff? Well, one of
0: the other, I mean, we were kind of joking about it before, but one of the big questions about Tether is, like, what actually is backing it, right? Yeah. I mean, we were joking that it's backed by, you know, a dollar-like thing, well, I, but that's because it says it yeah. has a basket, whatever that means, of... You know various securities and assets, and you know maybe like I don't know what like T bills or whatever yeah, the fuck it Now they it's say got it's a there, lot of T bills, but which maybe what I mean. They've had a lot of buyers yeah. of T bills recently, but um, and like big whale buyers, but um, you know, and maybe they were like, well, actually clean out a lot of the junk that they were holding and kind of convert it for to treasuries i mean yeah, basically. But some people do
2: wonder that and like it's a legitimate question like that did they have all this bad commercial paper and yeah. stuff and then they were able to turn it sort of into better assets but yeah i'm not Over sure Over the past like yeah.
0: year or so as this kind of like fire cells happen but i mean because that's the whole thing is like it could it could also be that they're holding ftt or they yeah. were holding f that was a big question when ftx was, you know, crashing, everyone was like, well, how much of Tether is backed by FTT?
2: That's a good question, too. Yeah, like, Which, if they were going to give Tether anything for uh, – if not uh, for Tethers, I mean, it would either probably be dollars or their own token. Yeah. yeah.
0: And so to be – I mean, because that's the thing, right? If they're if they're buying buy, – quote, unquote, buying that much Tether, like we're saying, they're not paying cash. Like, cash is not being exchanged. It's all funny money, yeah. Yeah. right? Yeah. And so, like – but people – like regular people who go and trade stuff on crypto exchanges are buying tethers with real money. Yes. Yeah. And, and, and Alameda wasn't.
2: Yes. That's who's so the real money is entering the system mostly a couple ways, like the venture capital money that that Sam raised, which is something like two billion dollars from mm-hmm. Sequoia and whoever else. And then, but really, a lot of the real dollars coming into the system, which they need a constant stream of, because this is basically a highly distributed Ponzi scheme, is is coming from customers, from the people who believe Seth Curry or the other sales pitch, and they're like, okay, I'll go I'll go on FTX and gamble a thousand bucks. That's where the real money comes from. And that's what the industry kind of started running out the of, sucker. I think, over last the last year. That's the suckers, yeah. Yeah, they, they, and you can look. Retail volume in crypto peaked in May 2021, I believe. Yeah. And... People are leaving the casinos, and so that contributed to a lot of this collapse last year. It's like, who had real money left? It was either gone or stolen or wherever else. Uh,
0: Well, it was for the past couple years, too. You had big whale players that were really, like, moving.
1: Brendan Frazier.
0: (laughs) No, no, but, like, I mean, like, hedge funds playing around with crazy, crazy buys and, You know, that was really, like, you know, all these people, you know, getting a lot of retail sucked into pump and dump Mm -hmm. schemes, right, over the course of, like, the past couple years. But you had a lot of institutional money coming in just for playing around and making quick, you know, I don't know, quick arbitrage or on whatever shit coins are out there still. And then as, you know, the Fed started tightening and trying to get rid of all of the junk in the market, which by the way, still going, still got plenty to go. It's going to be real fun on the way down. Um, you know, you see all of this, like, liquidity kind of starting to dry up and a lot of people, like, and a lot of these, like, shit companies are just left being like, fuck, we actually, like, don't have anything. Like, yeah. the 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 fucking, you know, the the floor's, like, falling out from under them.
2: Yeah, and, you know, a lot of these loans were had, like, no collateral or yeah. under-collateralized, like, the three AC guys, Three Arrows Capital, I mean, these were the most shit talking, like sovereign citizen yeah, right yeah. winger guys who were based yeah, they out of Singapore. Crazy. They were jerks too <laughs> on Twitter. And they're, I do think their post-collapse makeover is funny.
0: Still, is one of them still missing?
2: No. They both, so they both came back online right after Sandbank. Yes. And Freed yeah, down, I remember that As happening. did Doe Kwan at one point, I think. Oh, yeah. But, um, shout out to Doe Kwan. Yeah. Shout
1: out. Heavy true-and-on shout out to Doe. Because
2: that's crazy
1: he's named after money. Yeah
2: um so yeah those guys had a had a loan i think of over a billion dollars from grayscale i believe which mm, is indeed yeah. trouble as american yeah. firm i
1: don't even know what the fuck that is it just I, sounds like a scam yeah right a
2: grayscale um, and that was a billion dollar loan with no collateral as far yeah. as i know like it was crazy and so the three ac guys lost like two or three billion dollars of other people's money disappeared people told me that they thought those guys were dead um but yeah. obviously I, that didn't happen because like who, I mean, also, like, when you're in dealing with, like, a lot of money in sort of offshore jurisdictions or in authoritarian countries, like, I don't know. One thing I tell, it, like, you are potentially putting yourself in danger Sometimes, or taking some dirty yeah, money. Yeah,
1: someone's going to shove a gun so hard in your mouth that it cracks out your front teeth. Yeah, I mean, At, this
0: whole thing is one big criminal network for money laundering. Like, what the fuck do you think you're involved yes, in? Yes, exactly.
1: And yes. That,
2: that's what I say to people, like, even just in a general sense, like... Imagine you have a company. It's set up offshore. There are almost no laws around it. You give them a money printer. Who do you think is going to show up? Criminals yeah. and intelligence agencies probably. Yeah, absolutely. Um, like and, that's,
0: and child pornographers.
2: Well, them too. Yeah, and there's definitely that happening And there's too. a lot of
0: overlap between those yeah, three. Yeah, entities. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. Should,
2: yeah, I mean some of these guys have, you know, Vitalik Buterin has said things about how he thinks that child pornography is sort of a, a – Victimless crime to just possess it. I believe. Um, I have don't to, want to hear from you. You have to look at those tweets. You to um, look at.
1: The, you don't have to look at the tweets. You have to take one look at the man's face. I'm <laughs> but, sorry, but there it's are a written, lot. Of, written there. You
2: know, Let's just a, say but, there are a lot. There are a lot of opinions about child porn and the age of consent in. We the were just theory.
0: talking about this last night. And we weren't talking we, about what? that. What? With my no. aunt? <laughs> no, we were talking about the scary weirdness that happens in no- the northern European yes, countries. Yes. Yeah. That everyone always talks about. They always point to like the French. Crazy. You know what? I'm with you. But you know who you really should be talking about? The Belgians.
1: The Belgians. The Belgians mm. and the Danish and the, the Spanish. Yeah, there's a yeah.
0: lot of terrible, weird things happening. Yeah, well,
1: my, my, my thing is with this is like, listen, I know a lot of guys, right? I know a lot of guys who have some sometimes unorthodox opinions, right? Never once in my 33 years on this, you know, spinning rock that we call Earth <laughs> <laughs> um, has any of my friends been like, dude, I don't know, man, like 14?
2: There's nothing.
1: You know, like, but these guys are on Twitter saying this shit all the time. They yeah. think it's
2: like a logic debate or something. Yeah. Uh, you know, and some of them come out of this, <sighs> this world where, like, oh, anything can be sort of debated like this, and and we're just debating the merits of X, Y, Z. It's like, you know, oh my some, god, debate. Kind of Lord culture you culture needs along, to like that
0: needs to implode. Yeah. yeah.
2: And like entertaining risky ideas and. and that-
0: was also Sam's whole thing.
2: Yeah.
0: I mean, that was the whole, I mean, the even effective altruism which look, I know a lot of people clowned on that recent I think it was uh Nathan Heller did that oh, had that piece in the New I, Yorker. I I haven't seen it yet. I, I know we are uh, talking and, about that. You know, a lot of people clown on it for probably good reason. Although there were some interesting lines in it, just like little takeaways, and one of them was talking about how much effective altruism infected almost every department and every way of thinking within the humanities within like everywhere at these like big schools you know really i think he was at harvard Mm -hmm. that he was talking to these kids gotta go to harvard
1: yeah gotta go to harvard bro if you're thinking of going to college you listen to this harvard
0: (laughs) (laughs) no look i don't like it but it is where unfortunately the future leaders of the world are groomed Mm -hmm. chinese yeah Uh,
2: I mean, the story supposedly is, uh, just in line with what you're talking about, that Sam was interested in animal welfare, and he was a student at MIT, and one day he has lunch with Will McCaskill, who's like the beating heart of effective altruism. (laughs) Not for long. Yeah, and Will says... Uh, Will McCaskill says like why don't you make a lot of money and then give it away to good causes and that's the the, epif- the epiphany.
0: How fucking dumb do you have to be for that line to be the thing that like makes your brain Whoa? Wait you're saying
1: I can make a bunch of money and then give it away. Motherfucker look up
0: Rockefeller.
1: I do some of the least effective altruism in New York City. I give I'm giving crack to people. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm giving housing vouchers that are fake to people. It's <laughs> it's, it's, it's incredible and to me uh, that's what I exist on this earth to do.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but that whole kind of mentality – like that whole like um, we just – if we just account for every single yes. thing. It's funny. He can do accounting in this realm but yes. not for his own country well, that's own the funny company. thing.
2: That's the funny thing about effective altruism in a way is like you think it maybe would preach some kind of almost like caution or conservative line of thinking. Like, yeah. um, but instead, the, it, it's super embracing of risk. Yes. Which is the – one right. a constant throughout crypto is like these people are so risk tolerant or just don't even understand what's risky um, and so mm. they think there's so much upside to what they're doing that it, sort of embracing un, un, uh, like runaway risk is okay. There are these, there are these clips yeah. of Caroline Ellison, the former CEO of Alameda, who supposedly helped get them into this mess. And she's basically talking about like, well, if, if your choice is between like double or nothing uh, or basically saying you should do double or nothing bets on something over and over again because your lower bound is known and that is you lose all your money. Your upper bound is infinite. Well, it's like, yeah, if like – This is
0: like spark notes for, for like game theory 101 freshman level. You're saying yeah. that like if I – Like that's actually like – more that's literally like I took one class of game theory and I this is what I took away. I think
2: away. she is sitting on a futon when she gives that so interview. I'm sorry. So it's very <laughs> This lady like. is
1: like, listen, if I lose all the money, then I have no money. But if I double my money, perhaps I can do that again. Like this is the Forever. insights – this I'm is sorry, what they're teaching kids these it's days. It's crazy because sometimes I'm like, man, I don't understand how these things work. But I, to me, that's literally what I do at casinos. <laughs> I go in there, I lose some money, and then I have a little bit of money left, and I put it all on one big bet yeah. that I have – literally every time I've done that, I've lost.
2: Yeah, and I think – that because they, they will rationalize almost anything and part of the effect of altruism thing is like, oh, we're looking towards the far future. So we're thinking about all of humanity that is to come. Yeah. Not the people living right now necessarily, but right. like
0: well, it lets the trillions you-
2: of future humans. So we need to make big risks on their behalf or, or really secure the future against AI a generation or 100 years from now and not – you know, helping people right here, right now because the big risks are for the trillions of future humans. Right. It, it, which and,
0: means that you can also then absorb more risk. You can take more risk yeah. on yourself because you're taking such a long view that yeah. what are what are these losses? Now they're small, they're petty, it doesn't matter. Right? And they take that for for everything. I mean, it's funny because I think one of the big like sticking points that we always talked about in our episodes on Robinhood, our episodes on Tether, our episodes on anything, is counterparty risk mm-hmm. and how All of these, like, companies – and now it seems like this fucking Silicon Valley bank, right? Mm -hmm. It's like they're finding out – every single one of them is like, fuck, what is my exposure? What is my counterparty risk? How do I actually – like – It's so funny to me because Bitcoin, like, you know, this sounds like such a catch line, right? It's like Bitcoin solves this. The whole idea was that you have this ledger that shows everything. And so you could always know what your risk was, Mm -hmm. right? Because it's all out there. And yet none of this, nobody knows, all these shady people, they don't know anything. That's true. And it's all fake.
2: Yeah.
0: (laughs) But the problem, the scary thing is, is that there are like very real financial entities that are, like, tacked into this, right? Yeah.
2: So on the podcast, we interview Kevin O'Leary from Shark Tank.
1: So sick. One of the best <laughs> skinheads in America, bro.
2: Um, he, he's, uh, you know... From Shark Tank, he's Canadian. He ran for leader of the Conservative Party up there once. Um, I
1: love Mr. Wonderful.
2: Yeah, Mr. Wonderful. He apparently they had a show called Dragons Den, which was the pre-Shark Tank. Apparently, yeah.
1: apparently mm-hmm. all right, journalists. Yeah, they had a show called Dragons Den.
2: Excuse me, excuse me. I, I should have been <laughs> more England about that. Too. Um, and so, um, but what he told us was, we asked him a lot of questions about like due diligence. What did you do? because you right. have you do a lot of investments you have all these companies of your own what exactly did you do to 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 look into FTX before you accepted 18 million dollars worth of crypto and cash to endorse them and he claimed at times he did due diligence but then when you really get down to it he he told us Well, I trusted Bain and I trusted Tiger Global and I trusted these other companies. Never trust. Wait, that's literally
1: not due diligence. That's just being like these guys say it's cool. Yeah.
2: So, like, (laughs) but what he'll also tell you is that it was the hottest ticket in town, and like everyone was throwing their money at Sam. And one thing that FTX was doing was like, okay, here's what we're going to tell you about our company. Um, You can invest at this amount if you want. Uh, You have 24 hours. I mean, like sometimes it would be a really quick turnaround. Like you were either able to get in now or not at all. And that caused, I guess, a degree. I don't think this is an excuse by any means, but it's like there was investor FOMO kind of where yeah. they're all just like, oh, I'm chasing the next big thing. These other guys are in it. I'm going to throw down. Well,
0: it's- we also have to say, too, I mean, the post-COVID market bonanza was insane. And yeah. there was this feeling of after the market crash in, what was it, March 2020? Yeah. Like was it March, February, March, 2020, when the market crashed, when it was starting to then pick back up and, you know, good old Trumpy turned on the money spigot and it was just like, go, 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 go. Everyone was like, this is the last, this is like the last hurrah before the end game or whatever. right? And so there was this, like, it felt like there was this moment where everyone was sort of like, all in, all in, all in. Go 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 yeah. before like the bottom comes out. You
2: know what I mean. And and you had these funds like uh, Andreessen Horowitz or Paradigm who had raised crazy uh, head like, on
0: that motherfucker. Man. Also <laughs> shout out to Andreessen for supporting this podcast.
1: Oh, Mark. Oh, oh, yeah, Mark. Yeah, yeah, can yeah. You haven't yeah. me.
2: <laughs> um, I really would like to talk to I found to him. out
1: earlier today, Bajalis, who's this motherfucker?
2: Oh, yeah, Bellagio. Bellagio? Bellagio? He blocked me, too. This yeah. little son All of these bitch, guys I, have blocked I, me. I he like,
1: blocked you. He blocked me. I was he trying said, to look.
0: He said that this is why we can't trust the banks. Bitcoin solves this. Or something. I, I, was, I was like, yes. I, well, but
1: I was like, <laughs> I never even said anything to for this motherfucker. I never heard of it. I know this guy sucks. I've heard of him in that context. But I don't know who we. Like, I'm not like. In he's, that world, yeah. he's
2: just like crypto network cities, like sort of trying to present himself yeah. as like a, a VC philosopher guy. But
1: I would love to see what that guy. He's just a right winger. Balls look like <laughs>
2: um, <laughs> they're probably crazy. But you, you, yeah, you had all all the cheap money coming in, and then you had these VC funds with like yeah. billion dollar funds just yeah. to pour into crypto companies, which meant like one thing that I think people should know actually is like. You know, in previous cycles, like, venture capital has a lot of problems with it. But they're trying to build real companies, basically. Or, like, at least they think, like, we're going to put money into a company and, like, in five or ten years, they'll be it we'll cash out.
0: Well, there was the, like, classic, like, Uber model. Yes. Right? Which was, like, okay, what we're going to do is we're going to pour as much money as we can into this dumb startup idea, which is then through – um, maneuvering of regulations and then also regulatory capture will secure a monopoly. Right. Yeah. And then everyone will be so annoyed that they have to just use it forever. Yes, yeah. correct. And this was like the kind of like Uber or the Amazon model that we all know and love, which was already problematic and horrible to sure. begin with. It didn't really work for Uber. No, it still doesn't make any
2: money. Yeah. Right? Oh yeah. And it's some pretty awful people who are sort of pushing this and the kinds of economics that yeah. produces
0: and it's complete and total like corporate regulatory capture. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. It's it's
1: criminal. And it's-
0: then the VCs, it was like crypto came along and the VCs were like, nah, that's taking too long on returns. Yeah. We can't we can't even bank on you know, on monopolization anymore. Clearly we're not even getting anything from Uber. What if we just built casinos?
2: Yeah. And what if they just bought the tokens directly, too? Yeah. So, like, what you have is... I mean, there are lockup periods and stuff, like, with stock options for some yeah. of the stuff. Uh-huh. What we have is if you invested in Solana, the company, you could get Solana tokens Solana. on, on the cheap, gosh. which Sam Bankman-Fried did. Right. And you get them at, like, pennies on the dollar or at least at an initial really small valuation. And then after... Uh, some lockup period or maybe none after uh, the market opens. The ICO happens. You dump on retail. You know, you sell yeah. for ten or hundred or thousand times what you paid to a retail investor, and so, like wait, and then you, ICOs you, you, go crazy. So then That's you cashed so out. You cashed out your VC investment in months instead of like yeah. years.
1: So what you do to let me let me let me hit you with this? Mm-hmm. So I'm a VC. Right? Always, yeah. I've got a lot of opinions on modern men and women for some reason also that I share on Twitter. I don't know why they do that because that is the least – I would never take advice from somebody in that position. But anyways, <laughs> I, I, I invest in this coin company, right? Yeah. Solana. They give me a bunch of money for less money. Right. So I like buy their coins for very little money for cheap because I invested.
2: Yeah, maybe instead of getting equity in the company, or you might get both, but you might instead of getting equity you might get tokens. Or okay. like or they would call the tokens a form of equity. Yeah. So
1: I gave them, yeah, and so then and then I have those tokens and so then when that coin goes public I sell those tokens for a bunch of money on the initial run on Solana.
2: Exactly, on, especially that that's initial run. That's
1: legal for in the world. You
2: can do that <laughs> legally? Well, that's the question. I mean, that seems like
1: something that would be there's illegal. There's this
2: computer scientist Nicholas Weaver who's on Twitter a lot. He's he's he hates crypto and is very sort of annoyed by it. Yeah. And he says that a16z's business model is securities fraud. Yeah. Because if you think these things are unlicensed securities, which they basically all are, because they're all the same, and they all pass the Howey test and all this stuff. Like yeah. It's, this, yeah.
1: it's this. No, just you know, keep it pushing, keep it <laughs> okay. pushing. I'm going to keep going. <laughs> We're going
2: to forget that one. Um, but you know, these are basically un- unregulated securities yeah. or things treated like that. So yeah, if you invest in Solana, maybe you'll get the tokens at 8 cents each. Maybe it'll it'll ICO at 8 bucks. Um, or ma- or more return. and then like Solana ran up to like 230, 230 bucks. It was one of the best altcoins as they right. called them for mm-hmm. a while and everyone thought Solana is the future of crypto. I mean, and and everything else. I mean, I talked to people who worked for Solana who like believed it. Um, Wait,
1: sorry, you're saying this in the past tense? Yeah, is it, it still exists. Is not, Solana still exists. It's not two hundred and thirty dollars if Solana anymore. I think
2: it's like in the twenties, maybe um, twenty thousands. No, it's like twenty bucks. Per oh, token. okay.
1: Oh, right. yeah. yeah, yeah. That seems happy.
2: Um But um, <laughs> but you know, they were the they were one of the most like kind of acclaimed crypto companies, even though. Frankly, I don't know what they were building when they all talk about building.
1: None of them are building anything. I'm sorry. This is insane <laughs> to me that people still say this is an excuse. Every fucking crypto company that just exists to print fake money to sell to people and then rip them off always says they're fucking building so oh this is gonna revolutionize the healthcare market. This is gonna this is gonna change everything. The, the chain will fix it. You are you are a fucking moron if you fall for this. They're not building anything. They're scamming you. Like it's like this
0: is you All well, these guys know that. That's the thing that bothers me. Okay. They I- know that. But, yeah, the VCs, all these companies, all these fucking hedgies, they know it's all bullshit. It's just how do we move money to, like, how can we basically arbitrage a ton of fucking money through all of these different, like, fake investment companies basically? So how can we move all of this around and, like, skim a little bit off the top, which when you're dealing in billions of dollars is a shit ton of premium. Yes and then exit and get out of here and do it over and over and over again. I mean, it's mm-hmm. like one big fucking show game.
1: How is this legal at all, though? That's what
2: well, I do understand. Well, it's not, but the
0: real, this is the thing. It's is that of not, but not enforced. The SEC needs to get a, some, a
1: fucking pair. Do they have a SWAT team? I know FDA is a SWAT team.
0: I mean, this is the whole thing where it's like you don't act. I mean, I get mad. I kind of do the get, like, fall In line with Stoller on this, who says, like, we don't need more regulations. Like, I what agree. you're saying, we don't need, like, Elizabeth Warren and all these people get out there, we need to regulate crypto. We need to, yeah. I'm Elizabeth Warren, okay. I'm Native well, American. You gendered. can tell because of my cheekbones. This seems gender. Haven't forgotten about that That's one. That's
1: crazy. She said that, it's by the so way. Crazy. My cheekbones? It's so crazy. I mean, Imagine if I was like, you can tell I'm Native American because of my cheekbone. People would be like, you're a racist. Yeah, we would not have a podcast anymore. Like, yeah, well, we would. You right. would not be on it. I would not be on it. No. Yeah. Um, but
0: anyways, you know, she's like, we need to, it's like, bitch, no, we don't. Whoa. We just need, why don't we just enforce the laws that already exist? Yeah. Yeah.
2: And and I've talked to some. At (laughs) gunpoint. (laughs) Sorry. Well, some of them might be one day. I mean, I've talked to, you know, regulators and and people on Capitol Hill and some of them do say that, like, the stuff is on the books if you want to do this. Um, It takes political will and all that kind of stuff. But like, and now there's more, more of that, but. They um, also have
0: cut the SEC. I mean, the SEC is like, what, like two guys?
2: They cut some of the budget, <laughs> I think. And, and part of the problem was also Sam and everyone else was trying to steer all of this yeah. to the right. CFTC, yeah, yeah. which yeah. has a fraction of the budget and was right. much more friendly. And, and
1: wasn't the the lady from Alameda's dad in charge of it at some point?
2: That, oh, Caroline Ellison's Caroline dad? Caroline Ellison's. I think he was at the CFTC at one point. Also, and then like, yeah. Sam and also,
0: they're used to dealing with pork futures, and the yeah. man is quite pig-like. Yes.
2: And they hired people from the CFTC, they hired people from the Ag Committee, which oversees the yeah. CFTC. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, they did everything. to. Well, that's
0: where he was smart, I yeah. got to say, is I that the he really side, yeah. what you did gotta hire understand. hire the cops if you're a criminal. Yeah, I mean, he understood, like, he's like, oh, I can't, I don't know how to run a company. I don't know shit about crypto. What I do know is being a criminal. And that means paying the guys. Yeah. I'm always got to pay the guys. I'll be
1: real with you. That is actually literally a good management Mm -hmm. it's tactic right like you don't know how to do it you hire people to do it Mm
2: -hmm.
0: but i mean yeah so his whole i mean he pissed off a lot of crypto people doing that too
2: yeah people some people didn't like it especially like the DeFi people who decentralized finance like some people didn't really like the role that sam was taking i think some sort of swallowed it and accepted like well maybe this will turn out better for crypto in the end yeah but then you know once sam went down that's when like the thieves really started turning on each other or choose your metaphor, circular firing squad, whatever. Yeah. Like the omerta was broken yeah. and people started, sa- uh, that's actually one of my favorites. Like, cause like, that's when people really started shit talking or like the three AC guys came back and started like posting text messages yes. and stuff. Right.
0: Well, that's where we also found out, I mean, it was in what Sam's own testimony or, you know, his slated testimony that he was supposed to give in front of Congress, where we found out about these group chats that Sam, CZ, who else was in?
2: Uh, there was this guy. Um,
0: it, it's always going down in the Zane DMs.
2: Zane I believe was his name, and he's worked for FTX and Tether or Bitfinex. He's Here's worked for a, a few companies. Here's a little
0: true numbers. and rule I'm telling you, the, the world is run on group chats.
1: Here's another little true and unrule. As a man... This is maybe in a little red. This is my most red pill b- opinion. Mm. You should not be in a group chat. <laughs> I'm telling you, I'm no, no group. I'm in a group chat with you two, and that's it. So much mm. shit happens in group chats, and I don't want any part of it. I think it's I think it's gauche to be in a group chat. One on one, maybe call three. Anyways, they're all in a group chat. All yeah. these Bitcoin guys. So well, crypto. Guys. What was it called too? It, had it was a really called
2: like things. exchange coordination. Like the group. <laughs> Bro, <laughs> Like the group, it seemed to be like a Rico charge in the title. Yeah, like it was yeah, ridiculous. Yeah. So yeah, like a couple years ago, um, <laughs> when I started covering crypto, peop- a couple people would tell me this. Like, look, this is a small industry. It's run by a small number of men. And they all talk to each other. And there are group chats. And I was like, okay, Pause. maybe. He overhears
1: this um, at a graveyard in Vienna. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, but the third man told me this in shadow. Um, and I thought, okay, maybe but it's the kind of thing you can't really just like from a you know from journalists with all your lofty rules you gotta prove it or whatever and then it's like I don't know how I'm gonna find this out two years later Sam Bankman frieds like submits his testimony with screenshots and like which is just amazing my main thought was like that was him screwing Very over Very
0: Lisa the p- Vanderpump style. Shout out to the people who get that reference.
2: I hear it's a good show. Yeah. Um, hey, but like- Just
0: printing out screenshots if, of text. If I mean. the
2: government sees that, that's like an instant subpoena for the people in yes. the group chat. Yes, like, yes. Why would you immediately? Like, so I think that was Sam throwing everyone else under the bus or, or mm. being incredibly stupid. I don't know. But like all those people are going to immediately have subpoenas yeah. sent to them. Um, and Well, I will say, yeah. I mean, it
0: does seem like DOJ, not even just with- uh, you know, SBF and FTX. I was like, flip the last letter when I'm saying this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In, in one after the other. But, I mean, there's, a, you know, and he got charged on. There was another round of charges, too, he got hit with, right, Yeah,
2: recently. so it started with eight charges, and then there was a superseding indictment where they had right. four more. <laughs>
1: You got with the and diamond You never, yeah, never want to get got hit got with the Super City and diamond You got yeah, to yeah, love it a when like, actually. Hold shit. up, hold up. We got a couple more. We download <laughs> a patch. For yeah, the yeah, system. yeah. One sec, one sec. <laughs>
0: yeah, but then I saw that even today, it was like something I was reading today, and you know, correct me if I'm wrong, that the DOJ was now suggesting that Ethereum was a security in one of their lawsuits against. It was like it's not K Dunk. I can't remember what is K-Dunk? this like. Sounds like
2: one Is of it the Yuga Labs one? Like uh, the, oh, Ape, yes. the Ape one? Maybe it was uh, in Yuga Labs. I don't I mean, know. There's, there's all long these cases. There's a long-going Ripple lawsuit, too. Yeah. Yuga
0: Labs is getting but sued? I saw that yeah, Ethereum, they're in a lawsuit. Ethereum was taking a beating because yeah. there was suggestions that they were going to start trying to try regulate it as a security, which is going to throw the whole thing. I mean, then the whole thing collapses
2: Definitely. once it's been recognized and as a security. And you just declare these things securities like you have to then enforce the law, but like
0: right.
2: companies have to abide by the law uh, in theory and
1: like
2: some of this stuff will take care of itself if you say like we have these laws on the books they apply Um, and that's the one thing I don't get is like why would you call Ethereum a a security and not all the others I mean Bitcoin because of this sort of weird competition between regulators Bitcoin was declared a commodity uh, like eight years ago or something like that and now it's overseen by the CFTC which is why everyone wants the CFTC to to regulate them because they're easier to deal with and have less money but, like, they're all securities. They
1: should schedule Bitcoin like fentanyl. That's <laughs> what they should do. They should, ske- or they should schedule all of these cryptos mm. like they were drugs or something. <laughs> and so, like, the shit coins, it's like, you know, it's like, actually, all of them should be scheduled one narcotics. And they should be Trump-style punishable by death for selling.
0: Them. And available in patch form.
1: Yes. There you go.
2: Yeah. There you go.
1: Well, we got to wrap up here, Jacob.
0: I have a theoretical, a big question though to end this on. What is the future of this shit?
2: That's that's a good question. And can uh, I
1: bet on it? <laughs> <laughs> yes,
2: you can. I mean, there's there's a website where you can bet. On, I forget what it's called, and I don't want to chill some random website. But there there are sites where you can bet on like market events. People were betting on whether Silvergate Bank or Silver, Silicon Valley Bank. Would collapse today. Okay, everyone
0: needs to stop gambling right we need now. To yeah. stop. Just Gam- chill the whoa! fuck out, lady. All
2: right.
0: I think everyone needs to just chill. Uh, so what just I just chill. I think
2: the future of consumer crypto, at least like in the near term, I think it's dead. I mean, people yeah. don't want to admit that, but like Sam and FTX were the face of it, as we said, and like the main mover and shaker in here in the U.S. and like. There are people in the industry who just say like, oh, we'll have another bull run in two years. We've done this before, blah, blah, blah. Two there's,
0: years? Are people Read the room, people. But there's such, a, there's such a
2: divide between what the industry thinks uh, and what everyday normal people think. Right. Like, yeah. People are disillusioned. They lost their money or they see it as a scam or they see that like the main figure associated with crypto is, is going on trial for yes. major crimes. Yeah. Like, and also that the crimes he was charged with are just like, wire fraud like violating banking laws like these people aren't committing crazy crypto crimes necessarily they're doing like basic financial crimes
1: well and a lot of retail got like really fucked in the last year too like yeah. small guy i was reading this thing like black people got really fucked over by the crypto crash too like in yeah. particular
2: a lot of people of color and sort of marginalized communities have been marketed crypto as like well you were you were redlined by the banks for years like now you should get bitcoin by instead by the way
1: spike lee he did it he yeah. was that he was one of those motherfuckers who was part of this too old money's is not gonna pick us up it pushes us down exploits. Systematic
0: oppressions. But new money, new money is positive. And like, also, I gotta That's be real. That's like reminds me of the banks during 08. Larry the way David, they
1: too? People like, give Larry, like, oh, like, you know, like, kind of make fun of his role of being like, you know, not into crypto in the thing. But that like, was just written into the commercial about It was about- in the fucking script he did, dumbass! Yeah.
2: Like I was saying, it's FTX. It's a safe and easy way to get into crypto.
1: Yeah,
2: I don't think so. And I'm never wrong about this stuff.
1: How stupid. He was literally, t- yeah, anyways, but I, so I'm, like, dumb, like, I'm like, well, my thing is there was a bunch of crypto ads in the Super Bowl, right, that mm-hmm. one year, 2021, and then the next year there were none.
2: This year there were zero, And yeah. so, like,
1: that, by my metric, I don't think it's doing very well.
2: Yeah, and, and like, people just, it's not going to scale to the thing that they think it will. Yeah. Like, maybe if they had more Moz expectations for it, but this is not the money of the future. It's not going to, like, flip the dollar or something like that or even become competitive with it, like... People don't want it. It doesn't provide legitimate use cases beyond mostly illegal ones. Um, So I just – I think the dream, it should be dead in some way. But there's still money kind of coming in through some VC funds that raised money in their last round. But – you know, and some it's now going into AI, which we have to look right. forward to. All those
1: guys became AI guys. Yeah, they all I mean,
2: did. Like, yeah, the
0: environment, the just the like financial environment is so fucking different than it was just like a year ago. For let sure. alone two, three, four That'll years ago. a lot. I mean, like retail does not have. Extra cash to put into any of this shit. Like, they got it, like, inflation took care of that. You know what I mean? Like, there's not, like, there's that meme, or like, there was that, like, viral tweet that's now become a meme that's so good, where it's like, oh, the, you know, that face when you, like, realized your whole personality was based on 0% interest rates, (laughs) whatever it was. But it's like true, right? It's like in this, like, increase, I mean, the feds just gonna keep raising, right? More pain coming. And in that kind of financial environment, these companies do not have the ability to just, like, pour cash into sure. into all of this, like, yeah. Yeah. you know, nonsense in all of this, like, froth. And so it goes away. And then without retail kind of giving a little bit of legitimacy cover to these exchanges, then the hedge funds and the whales, they can't pour the money that they mm-hmm. were, you know, into this because they don't you know there's not enough movement to yeah. cover when they're making those big you totally. know they don't have they don't have the liquidity to kind of make these big moves and get the premiums they were before and so it's like what is even the use case it all kind of falls out but then that, you know, as again, we saw today, that causes massive ripple effects into the real economy, which a lot of people have said, oh, there's no contagion, there's no risk. Cause they're like, oh, JP Morgan's well capitalized. No shit, JP Morgan's well capitalized. It's the biggest fucking bank in the world and it's about to get much, much bigger, right? Mm-hmm. But like, that's not true of now Silicon Valley's biggest bank. Yeah. Like, what the fuck?
2: Yeah, I think there'd be some more surprises. Like, it's a small thing. We don't have to get too deep into it. But like, all the crypto miners, they're all going bankrupt. Like they were yeah, big, co- they're a huge
0: fucking companies. Yeah, you know
2: their pickaxes are blunted. Um, <laughs> you know, they were like they're a
0: little panhand. They were forming these
2: huge companies and taking on a lot of debt. And yeah. in some cases, they were holding on to their Bitcoin Our, and not selling. So now Bitcoin's worth less. They have or worth less. They have so much debt. Yeah. they can't pay their debt. They should have
0: learned from the shale industry.
2: How would they get out of it?
0: Well, not well. I mean, all, <laughs> well, fracking is back up. But I'm saying, you know, a lot of people yeah. poured a lot of money into fracking I, infrastructure. You know. I
1: just yeah, remember yeah. seeing all those pictures because I know it was hard for gamers for a little while. Yes, I felt that the, a little the, bit. The, yeah, because <laughs> they were buying up all the new graphics things. So yeah, couldn't...
2: I wrote a piece about that for Slate, um, like, why can't you get a video card? And, and and now, finally, at least the gamers have been liberated. Yeah, the
1: gamer, yeah. but I saw all these pictures of all these Bitcoin mining operations who, like, split – Oftentimes in a big hurry because there were just like GPUs everywhere.
2: Yeah, they'd leave equipment they'd just behind. They'd leave and it stuff.
1: behind, which I'm like, that seems like a bad sign. That's Again, that's like, I don't know a lot about this stuff, but I could see. a cyberpunk
0: novel or something. You know what I mean? It yeah, like, go just to an RTX
1: 3080.
2: That's a nice video card. That was the
1: one that – I read that article you wrote. Yes, um, yes. Yeah, and I sent it to my dad with like, this is actually not what I want to do. Like, <laughs> this is like, to me, this is like really cruel to Bitcoin people. And I try to be like really like – I just I, – to me, like the, the world is just about love. Jacob. Brace. Do you have anything that you would like to shill? I know that you were. Did you say shill? Yeah, I, well, s- I say fin- shill. I'm shameless. <laughs> let, let me finish. Let me finish the sentence. I know that you were pretty integral to the launch of Chiba um, Token earlier this year, <laughs> and I know that was like your thing. Like, hey, like this is. I'm actually going to do this different than everybody else. Like, this is not a rug pull. This is not a scam. You build a really beautiful Discord community.
2: <laughs> um, it really is about the community. It's in about
1: because that's the thing that, to me. It's not about the money. Or the
2: tech, or the the tech.
1: It's the community. It's the wonderful eighteen plus people that I've met on Discord and have formed relationships with, have formed bonds with. Um, And I know that you were pretty. You know that you you launched your coin. I know that you're now independently. Well, let me just say the man lives in Malta, okay, Mm -hmm. Uh, and Monaco. But uh, but has that changed you? Has success changed you in the the, the crypto? (laughs) That's my first question. Also, the second question is, where do you get your ideas? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> no uh do you have anything do you have anything else I mean, i'm gonna show this shit for you in a second you can show it too i guess sure, you sure. probably do a bit why don't you just chill it
2: all right well i i have this podcast uh four episodes about ftx maybe they'll bring me back for some bonus ones please um but uh launches monday march 13th weekly i'm gonna be writing again uh, uh, in various publications about ftx and all this stuff crypto uh you can find me on, on twitter silverman jacob with all the other centers um, but that's really what I've got going on right Are now. Are you
0: going to cover the trial?
2: I'd love to, actually. Yeah. Like, so Sam is supposed to go on trial October 3rd. He might change his plea, but I don't know if he will at this point. Um,
0: I think they need to to put his, like, you know, face up there and really yeah. make a big. <laughs> I, I, so, it so it someone wants me to cover it. <laughs> um, no, you know what I mean. I yeah, think that yeah. they want to, they, you know, they don't want to plead this out. They want to. Yeah. You know, I mean, I think the government does
2: kind of want to make an example of this guy. Like, he yeah. made fools of a lot of people and maybe got some politicians in trouble. And look what he did to Sean McElwee. I mean, come yeah, on. I
1: was about, holy <laughs> shit, how did we not cover this? I'm sorry. We're out of 10 minutes on the podcast, <laughs> don't give me that look. Sean McElwee. <laughs> Sean McElwee. <laughs> <laughs> Where is he? <laughs> he's Doquan. He's with me he's underground, I think. He's, he's gone. <laughs> he's, he's, he's in Antigua, baby. He's in Bahama. He's in Granada. He's in all these places. Sean McElwee is, he's like, have you ever maybe taken ashes of a loved one and thrown them in the wind? <laughs> 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 because that's what he, he, first of all, he got stabbed in the back. Second of all. Yeah. He's innocent. Third of all, I want to ask a question here. So Sam Bankman Freed, it turns out – I feel like we talked about this on the podcast a little bit, but I will never st- tire of talking about Sam Bankman Freed. Oh, excuse me. Sean McElwee. How, did I, how could I forget? Similar look. Um, and uh, anyways, he, it seems like he was involved in like setting up these like crypto councils for mm-hmm. people.
2: Oh, that's right. And Richie Torres had one, Richie right? Torres, yeah. I
1: believe, had one. And that young like Gen Z, the youngest congressman. The Congress from member, Florida. Yeah. The con- the, yeah, that young oh, dude had God. one. And, like, it was filled with, like, insane scumbag people, like yeah. MAGA people. And this is, like, a Gen Z, like, like you know, like, progressive guy, which, by the way, progressing towards what? Mm, they can never <laughs> answer that. Um, but, like, it, it's I, – I, I, I I'm so excited right now I can't even finish. <laughs> is is Sean McElwee going to go to prison for the rest of his life?
2: <laughs> I mean, I think pe- – People affiliated with Dave for Progress or him or people who were involved in the whole political operation are in trouble. Like, do I think they're in really? trouble? I think people could be charged with crimes. Like they broke campaign finance laws yeah, allegedly. And, yeah, it's like
1: hard. And, and like Nishad
2: Singh, who pleaded guilty last week or two weeks ago. Um, he is CC One, as they call him in the in the latest indictment. Uh-huh. He was part of this whole. Opera- he pleaded guilty, so he was he was one of their straw donors. He he gave millions, and there's a quote in that latest indictment, like someone anonymous who could be Sean McElwee or one of these other people, saying like you're gonna have to do a bunch of woke transactional shit. Oh yeah, for us. I saw that, and that <laughs> sounds kind of like Sean McElwee, and the person who was being said to was Nishad, saying who just pled guilty, so like. That's the thing, like this is not over. The, the Damian Williams, the the US attorney here, is pretty aggressive and he's yeah. like he's like, you we're not some done. articles about yeah, it. Yeah, I have something coming out in a few weeks. Um, you know, he's he's a pretty typical Democrat in a lot of ways, like really connected. He clerked for Merrick Garland and stuff like that. Mm. And he's just ready, I think, now to do these indictments and and throw the hammer down. So that I think would there'll be, be more. So, it'd
1: be really weird. It'd be really weird crazy. if like someone who's
2: happy hour I've been to. I did go that happy hour once. Um, is indicted, but that's there you crazy.
1: Go. <laughs> I'll tell you, this guy goes to court. My funky ass. We're covering that trial, front row you every should, day, you shirtless like a motherfucker. <laughs> patches of an fentanyl. We don't cover the body.
0: SPF tr- I trial. Don't give a fuck. Will we cover the Sean, Sean McElwee trial?
1: I will literally, dude. I will. I will literally commit a crime and turn states' witness so that I can testify up in that bitch. I will. I, Sean McElwee is the coolest. The stone. Everyone always talks about, oh, no, all these people that like, you know, progressive or 2016 turned out to be fucking freaks. Like, you know how like Occupy people mostly turned out to be just psychopaths, right? Yeah. Like all the people from that. I'm telling you, Sean McElwee is a god to people <laughs> who supported Bernie in 2016. He is fucking baller. Who's that other freak? The, the, you know what I'm talking about? The fucking guy with the curly hair? David Shore. David Shore. Oh,
2: yeah. Brother, he might also be involved in this. I know yeah. you're. Sh-
1: listen, Jacob, don't listen to this part because <laughs> Jacob's not involved in this part because he's a serious. Sh- I know you're involved in this, dude.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I can smell a rat.
1: <laughs> and I, I got to tell you, keep rocking, brother. All right, that has been the show. Uh, Jacob, so he does not endorse anything that we've said.
2: <laughs> that that is said. true, but it was a lot of fun.
1: He's an independent <laughs> journalist. Um, Freelance journalist. Uh, you can check him out at the Silverman Jacob.
2: Yeah, on Twitter. got reversed. You have there. a
1: Substack too.
2: I do. I just I never really used it much, but now I'm going to use it to just like kind of keep in touch with people. I'm not going. I'm not doing the like pay for my Substack thing yet.
1: Okay, but you should do that once I you get might, some subscribers. I might one
2: day. Like, yeah. I, honestly, I'm trying to figure out what's next. If you want to hire me, let's do that too. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, we should have. Well, listen. We are having our initial Jacob offering right now. <laughs> there you go.
2: There you go. Get uh, in early.
1: It has been a absolute pleasure. Yeah, this is this is, been this, been is so a, this is one of the most fun interviews we've done. Oh, um, thanks so much. And I love you.
2: <laughs> um, it's it's mutual, man.
1: All right, ladies and gentlemen.
0: You can't. It's like you don't want the same initials, mm-hmm. and you can't have a rhyme.
1: They don't know that we're con- recording this immediately after we record the intro. So they, I know that you don't know an hour this and 40 reference, minutes. but it's
0: like Wesley and Leslie. From, Wesley and Leslie? From Sex and the City. You cannot... You oh, just I've can't seen every a, episode. You can't have a rhyme. I've seen every episode. Oh, yeah? Who's Wesley yeah. and Leslie?
1: They're two twin sisters who are also lesbians, but not with each other. No. Okay, they're a brother and a sister. That No. They're dating.
0: They're married. Well, they're divorced.
1: Oh, well, that should be illegal. And Wesley
0: is Charlotte's brother.
1: Wesley? Yeah,
0: Wesley and Leslie.
1: Come on. Don't be naming your kid Wesley. Wesley Crusher. Wesley Crusher? That's kind of tight. Who's that? that? From Star Trek TNG. Oh. I I never
0: got into that.
1: Never got into Star Trek. Felt a little little like they were just stuck on that thing, the ship. You know? Yeah. Go down to the planet, asshole. Anyway... (laughs) Go down to the planet, asshole. We really have of, been recording yeah, for we, hours. We've been recording. for Let's hours. Let's go for a couple hours more. Yeah, um, I'm about to go do to you another have any grievances? podcast. I do have grievances. <laughs> <laughs> let me tell you about some grievances. Let me tell you what happened on the train on the way here. No,
0: we don't need to talk about okay,
1: it. Okay, well, let me just say that that was not okay. What that woman said to me, uh, and I. Just feel...
0: I told you don't provoke.
1: I didn't provoke her. I you asked did. Her you to...
0: provoked her with your eyes. <laughs> I did provoke her
1: with my eyes. You not, were, you were staring here. at not her. Not in a darts. horny way. It was not in a horny way. No, darts, way. anger. In my words. Well, after you provoked her. Yeah, and then she was being passive aggressive. I'm just saying, don't. I don't think
0: she was being passive aggressive. She was, she was being, being aggressive, aggressive aggressive. aggressive. <laughs> I
1: know, I know, I know, I <laughs> know. Yeah, she did not like you. <sighs> yeah, but I liked her. But not I, this makes it sound like I was sexually harassing a woman on a train.
0: This is not the case. No, no, she was just talking very loudly. She was talking
1: very loudly, and I, 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 made you huffed
0: just, and puffed in her direction, and I, she
1: caught wind. Yes, and then of we what had you exchange. were trying to do. And I told her, I was like, "Listen, I will light you on fire right here on this car."
0: No, you didn't. Yeah, I, didn't. I tried to get him to calm down.
1: Yeah, I was, I was heated. Yeah. I'm gonna take my shirt off. Please don't. I'm Liz. My name is Balthazar Roberto Beldane. We are, of course, joined by our producer, Young Chomsky Ball. And the podcast is called Liz. I forget What is this freaking called.
0: It's called True 9.
1: And we'll see you next time. (laughs)
0: Bye-bye. Geoffrey Lefstin. I think he's going